town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast of all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. Up the irons, everybody! It's time for an all-iron maiden episode. Yep. That's kind of my Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, it's... What do you think? I didn't warm up, I just did it. That was the first take. Yeah, uh, it's okay. It's not... (laughs) It's not great. It's not great. I always think my British accent is pretty good. No one else does. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like that. You mean a lot of people can't do it or a lot of people don't like mine? No, no. I, <laughs> well, both. But I think a lot of people uh, think that theirs is great and it's not. And it's not. Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> it's Super Bowl Sunday morning. It is. This is how we're spending it. Yeah. Uh, it's just Kyle and I. I don't know if anyone else, uh, any of the rotators like Iron Maiden. Yeah. Seagulls be like, man, a couple songs. I, April, no. No. Not at all. Murray will say he does, but he doesn't. And Crispy will be like, oh, honey. Oh, no. honey. I like Judas Priest and only a few songs. <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking on the drive here? You know, like today in the Super Bowl. Justin Timberlake is performing. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, I have nothing wrong. I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with Justin Timberlake. He's he's very talented. He's good yeah. looking. He's talented. But he's done it before. Yeah, I don't like that. Get someone. Get someone new. And then I was thinking, what if Iron Maiden was playing the Super Bowl today, and they have a giant blow up Eddie, and he's got a football helmet on, yeah. and he throws like he's, a, he's concussed. Yeah, and there's <laughs> there's footballs on the side, and they just like beat them with sledgehammers, and there's like and like blood and worms come out of them. And just, it would be crazy. You know what, though? I bet they would play more songs that people knew than or the, cra- or the crowd that's watching the yeah. Super Bowl knows. Than Justin than Timberlake Justin will. Timberlake will. Yeah. And, um, They're just trying to get a different demographic yeah. watching. Now, and they forget that Justin Timberlake's the one that uh, showed us a nipple one year. Yeah, it's not a... Yeah. It wasn't a Jada Jackson's fault. No, it was him. He, <laughs> he, he basically, uh, you know, assaulted her. Yeah. Hashtag me too. He pulled her. He pulled her dress right off. Whatever he did. Yeah. Now that would be great if Eddie was there, and then Bruce Dickinson like pulls his shirt off, and it, but you just see rib cage <laughs> and like his heart, heart bloody beating. heart beating. That would be great. That how seriously? And I'm. I know I'm. I know it sounds like that'll never happen because it won't. But Iron Maiden. Well, I don't know the Who did it. Kiss played once. How tame does Kiss seem when you listen to Iron Maiden? <laughs> By the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you looked at a picture of the band Iron Maiden and the band Kiss, you would assume Kiss is more dangerous. Right. But it's not, not the case. The only thing similar between Kiss and Iron Maiden are great logos. Yeah. Great logos that they never stopped using. Mm-hmm. Like, never. Right. The Kiss logo is on every single Kiss album. Yeah. And the Iron Maiden logo is on every single Iron Maiden album, even though... Uh, in 2000, they tweaked the logo a little bit, but now it's back to the original logo. We'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about it. What does up the irons mean? Um, I don't know. I've been saying it all week to my kids. My, I'm like, empty that dishwasher. They're like, can I do my homework first? And I go, up the irons! 
so I hope it means like some type of punishment. It's it's com- it says it's comparable to the Led Zeppelin phrase "Get the lead out." So it's just a salute. Oh, of I've, been, I've been using things. it wrong. Then I thought it was like some type of a torture thing. I was using it as a threat to get my kids to oh. do chores. Yeah, this is just. Uh, so up the irons just means like let's rock, basically. Yeah, basically. All right. All right. So here's the deal with um. Well, let me talk about this first. Uh, first of all, the artwork this week is done by Jamie Whitlock. And uh, Jamie did an excellent job. He actually did two versions. And then I picked the version that I liked. I showed it to Kyle. Kyle also liked that one better. But then we had, um, we had Jamie swap out some of the album images. He had used some single images and some things. And I just wanted him to put in like the first eight or nine classic, the first eight or nine Iron Maiden albums. Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I never, I, I don't like to give the artists any direction. The only right. time I give them any notes is usually like, oh, that's going to be episode this now instead of this. Or, uh, oh, uh, could you just, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, once in a while, Dodson, they spell it with a B, Dobson, you know, by mistake. Just li- things like that. But I never like to give them any direction artistically. I, I don't think I ever do. So uh, so that's why I'm making a special point to tell Jamie, thank you for making those uh, changes that I asked for. But I loved, I loved what you did uh, in yeah, the beginning was, too. Yeah, they were great. So uh, fantastic. It was, it was hard to pick between the two. It was. Because I was kind of like, oh, I like that, but I like this. Now, if you think that because we're talking about this, that someday you'll get to see the other one, you won't. Just three people get to see that, me and Jamie and Kyle. And maybe Jamie showed it to his J- wife. Jamie tweets it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Like, like, I'll show them. Jamie can tweet it if you want. You can tweet it if you want, Jamie. Jamie, did you show it to your wife and your wife said, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, look at this artwork I made for, for Rock Solid Podcast. She goes, I, okay, I don't even know what you're talking he about. He showed it to her as she's packing a suitcase. <laughs> The kids and I will be at our at, the, at my mother's. When you're done with your silly artwork, then you will come back. But honey, it's Maiden. And then she left, and he just said, "Up the irons!" and cranked it up. That's what he did. Yeah, this is what happens at the Whitlock house. Uh, Whitlock Manor. Whitlock Manor. There were murders there. Murders at Whitlock Manor. That sounds like a Maiden song. It does. Uh, now, I sent an email out to all the artists uh, to see who wanted to do this because I really wasn't sure. Maybe one of the artists was a gigantic Iron Maiden fan, so I wanted to give them the chance. But Jamie Jamie was the first because he's the quickest. He's the quickest artist. He's the quickest on everything. Quickest artist in the West. Uh, he's so quick that his wife can't take it anymore. She's out of her <laughs> Um But then uh, one of our new artists, Kyle Hildreth, he, um, he, was, he really wanted to do it. He was late. He's a huge Maiden fan. So he did send me uh, a list of songs he would have picked for today's show. And maybe he'll be lucky, and some of those are ones that we picked. But if not, I'll just from time to time glance in his list and, um, and read you, you know, because he wrote, he wrote like some, you know, some liner notes oh, for nice. this. But he says, uh, his, his email starts with Maiden, up the irons, two exclamation points. Oh, nice. So many songs and great albums. One of those bands that you can go on and on and on about. But here, I'll keep it short. Uh, I'll just go on and on and forgo the third one. So, uh, so yeah, and he, he writes some other stuff. And he, he just, he's, he's a big fan. So, again, hopefully I won't forget Kyle to look at your list. I don't think I will. It's going to get confusing, though, because you're Kyle and then there's right. Kyle. We're going to call him Hildy. I also like how you... You said, I hope I don't get for, forget to look at your list and then immediately put it on the ground. <laughs> Just put it right in the trash can. 
All right. Before we play music, two more things really quickly. Uh, Friday, March 2nd, in this very studio at 8.30 p.m., we're going to do a live record, and we're hoping to have a studio audience here. Um, I know that some people might just be in town that weekend for the Fake Friends event. So um, <laughs> if you're here, uh, you know, go to the Facebook page. Uh, we have an event listed, and just uh, you know, click that you're going to be here. And then you know, a couple days before the event, I'll, uh, I'll, list, I'll put the address and everything down. But it's in Studio City, California. Start at 830 uh, everyone is going to sit down and take a seat at the mic for a period of time. You can ask us anything you ever wanted to ask about Rock Solid. You can talk about anything you want. And then you can pick a song to play. And yeah. then we'll edit all that out. <laughs> uh, it'll be me and Kyle. I, Murray has expressed interest, uh, so that means he won't be here. Um, <laughs> no, and uh, I, I didn't put out to anyone else, but I'll, I'll ask Christy in, in April and Siegel if Siegel's in town, and we'll see if, uh, if any of them show up. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really psyched that uh, Murray's wants to be here and hopefully he will come. So that's cool. And, uh, we're just going to go from our iTunes library. So if we, if we don't have it in my iTunes library, Kyle will find your song on YouTube or, or, or somewhere. If you're, or if your thing is super obscure and you know, you're going to be here, well, then, don't come, it, then don't come, then don't come. Then, you know, if you want to bring a flash drive with it yeah. on, that's fine too. We can, we prefer a song that's password protected, <laughs> like something that you downloaded 15 or 16 years ago. From iTunes, and you've it's never the first thing I bought on iTunes. You know, you've never changed the file or anything. Uh, I'm talking about you, Christy. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So it's 8:30, and we'll, you know, if there's if two people show up, we're going to do it. If if uh, 30 people show up, we're going to do it. So uh, hopefully more people than less people, and um, you'll get to see where we record and what we do, and um, and that's it. So that'll be fun. And last but not least, in conjunction with this episode. I will be giving away four copies uh, this Friday of Bruce Dickinson's autobiography called What Does This Button Do? It's, it's great. It's, not, it's, it's more about Bruce than about Maiden, but obviously lots of Maiden stuff in here mm -hmm. because you know, that's, his, that's his band. It's a good chunk of his life. It's yeah. a good chunk of his life. So um, I want to thank... Uh, hi, I'm back. I want to thank uh, HarperCollins... And specifically, Libby Collins, she is an assistant publicist, and I contacted her, asked her if I could have four copies of the book, and you know, just like a good publicist, sent them right out immediately, no, mm -hmm. no problem. So yeah, uh, no questions, no, no questions, no, um, no extra, you know, things, nothing. So I just want to give her a shout, shout out. Thank you so much, Libby. At the end of the show, we will give a um, a trivia question. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, or no, we won't give it. It'll be on the Patreon. Page. Yeah, it'll be on the Patreon page. So if you wanna, if you wanna win this book, donate two dollars a month. Yeah, go sign up uh, for the two dollar tier of the Patreon page. Can't buy this book for two dollars anywhere else. So. You cannot. You cannot. It's uh, it's uh, Rock Solid Podcast forward slash. No, that's wrong, isn't it? It's Patreon dot com forward slash Rock Solid Podcast. Patreon dot com forward slash Rock Solid Podcast. Look, I tweet about it incessantly, so you'll be able to find it somewhere. All right, that's it. That's everything we're doing right now. Time to move on. Yeah. Iron Maiden. Here's the story with me. Kyle is currently wearing an Iron Maiden shirt that I bought for him. Uh, Pilar and I bought it for you when we were in London. So yeah. that's official merch. It is. It's, it's got one of my favorite shirts. I wear it a lot. It's got the trooper on the front. Yep. Uh, Iron Maiden currently suing some places for selling merch that they did not authorize. Mm. And I'm sure it looks great too, because now you can bootleg anything. Yeah. 
Just ask Murray. He steals all his music. <laughs> music. Can't talk. This is going to be good. Uh, so anyway, and my, uh, I'm fresh out of bed, so my hair looks like Eddie's from the first album cover. <laughs> so that's how we're paying tribute to Iron Maiden. Okay, here's my deal with Iron Maiden, Kyle, and you can tell me your deal. I have always liked Iron Maiden's hits. I was 16 years old when the first Iron Maiden album came out. But for some reason, I, didn't, I was not into Iron Maiden at the age I should be into Iron Maiden. <laughs> because I got to be honest, there was something dangerous about those album covers. There was something, they looked like this DIY, you know, creepy. It was so creepy to me that I, I really was, I really didn't like, I just was like turned off by it. It just fe it felt like something that wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, um, those, those first couple album covers, first three, they're super creepy. Yeah. And, um, I would hear that, you know, I would hear that then when MTV came into, um, you know, debuted, I would see the Iron Maiden videos. And I, I, I loved it, you know, run to the hills and all those hits. But I just, I never got into them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, two years ago, I went and I saw them at, uh, at the forum, and that was it. They were so good. They were just the way I described Rush, in that Rush still played live. You know, they didn't, they didn't, um, they, what do I want to say? They didn't slow it down. Right. They still played, you know, hard and fast. Right. And Iron Maiden was incredible. And the crowd at this Iron Maiden show, all ages, all ethnicities, like it was crazy. I was like, and everyone was in unity loving this band. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah I, I find that like, I've never been to an Iron Maiden concert, but it's... <laughs> I have. <laughs> but it seems like their uh, fan base wouldn't be the ones that would like, I'm just going to punch you in the face because nope. that's how I feel. Like, it seems like it was more like camaraderie. It was camaraderie. It was... um. Everyone was there celebrating that music, enjoying that music. And again, in the same row as, as where I was sitting, there were like two teenage girls. They were, they were anywhere from 16 to 20, and they knew every single word to every song, the new songs, the old songs. And I just was, I looked at them, and I'm like, how, how are they into this band? Because yeah. a band like this, you usually think it's just teenage dudes and like, then, or, or like forty-year-old dudes, or like. forty-year-old teenage dudes, or fifty-year-old teenage dudes, but um, but no, this was this was, and I got to, and you would think um, you you would think white dudes, yeah, but it's not. It's everyone. There were everyone was represented yeah, in that crowd. They have a, I mean, they also have a huge international following. So it's especially insane. somewhere like L.A., which is kind of like a transient yeah. city, mm -hmm. um. You know, you probably a bunch of people are like, oh, yeah, Iron Maiden's coming. Yeah, I mean, D Japan, uh, Dubai, uh, South yeah. America, everywhere. They, they do whole world tours and don't even touch the United States. They like, do. You're right. It's pretty crazy. And um, the, the big, they are the biggest metal band of all time. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think people might argue Metallica, but... I don't we're talking think. worldwide recognition. Yeah. They can go anywhere. And, and also, Metallica had airplay. Metallica, you would hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. you, I never, I didn't, you didn't hear Iron Maiden back then on the radio. They didn't get airplay. Yeah, not, yeah, especially not when they were starting. Out. I mean, if I look, if I click on, you know, yeah, U.S. singles, it's like Flight of Icarus from 1983 went to number eight on the rock chart. But nothing, nothing else there's nothing charting. It's not, none of them. 
None. Yeah. <coughs> so, you know, to come to the, they could come to the forum and play probably three or four nights, but they, 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 they played two and done and they could, you know, they yeah. could literally set up residency anywhere in the world, I think. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I've recently now, as I do, <laughs> I went back and I got every album and listened to them and I, I'm still listening to them. It's, this started last year when I was into my, uh, when I was doing my album a day and during album a day, then as soon as the album of the day was listened to a couple of times, boom, the maiden would go in and I've been like a crazy person with this now. It's yeah. insane. I can't believe there's so many good what I've songs missed. Yeah. that you don't normally, you know, people know the trooper and number of the beast, but mm -hmm. you don't, uh, there are so many other good songs yeah. that you don't hear that are might even be better than those songs. Yeah. And it's hard to, uh, it was hard to pick some. We each picked two off each album and it was hard because the hits are so, the well-known songs are so good. Yeah. But then the other songs are just as good and maybe those are the ones we want to introduce to people or, mm -hmm. or you know, people that aren't, uh, you know, familiar with Iron Maiden the way I was yeah. a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it was hard to cue these songs up too because there's so many layers as we, like, because it'll be very melodic and then boom, it, it so it was very hard. And I yeah. think some of my clips are, you know, 75 or 80 seconds today. Because yeah. if not, you're not getting a, a, a real taste of what these songs are. Mm -hmm. So anything else you want to say? Um, I'll just you quickly haven't said say anything. how I got into Maiden. I was, I like knew the hits, sort of like Trooper and like Number of the Beast and stuff. But my... um I when I was working in a movie theater, this like guy had gone to college and and in between the time I started and came like he came back from college and everyone was like, Oh, Matt's here. He's like crazy. He's like a crazy dude. <laughs> and I'm like, What? Like, okay. And then he just walked in and he has like long black hair, was like blasting metal from his iPod or whatever, and like was the coolest person I ever met, like at that time. And he just one day was like, oh, let me give you like a list of like music and like wrote a list that was basically all Iron Maiden, like on a <laughs> on receipt paper. And he was just like, yeah, just download all these songs. So like he gave me like, you know, like 22 Acacia Avenue and like, you know, Phantom of the Opera, things like that. Just like really like, you know, sort of obscure yeah, Iron yeah, Maiden songs. That, and so that's kind of how I got into it. So thank you, Matt Stoinoff. Uh, so we're going to hit the, uh, we're going to start with self-titled Iron Maiden album released in April of 1980, produced by Will Malone. The album cover artwork is done by a guy named Derek Riggs. Now is that, is he related to Marissa Riggs, your I, fiance? I don't, I don't believe so. Find out. See if we can get him on the show. <laughs> uh, this is an iconic album cover and they tweaked it for the re, the remasters in 1998 but the tweak is still good too, but it doesn't have that raw look. Yeah, I the tweak, I think we talked about this one day, but the tweak is better for a t-shirt, I think. Yeah. But I still like it. Yeah. You know, I don't mind. But it's not as raw as the original. Right, the original. And the original would be good to, to get um, signatures on because it's bright. Yeah. And there's a lot of places to sign there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you, Kyle and I just watched... The uh, what's it called? The History of Iron Maiden, parts one, two, and three. Yeah, and it's on it's on YouTube. It's uploaded by the band. Yeah, it's their official page. You can watch, you know, all three 
yeah, parts. They're 90 minutes each, each maybe. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, and they and have no ads on them. No ads. And they talk about all the lineups of Iron Maiden leading up to the lineup that records the first album. And they, they interview all those guys. And some of these guys are like just corporate dudes, you know, now they're, yeah. they don't look like they'd ever be in a band they're with like, Steve yeah, Harris. We were just crazy kids in a yeah. band yeah, sort of like, thing. Like, we still go out to the shows. The guys invite us out. It's a great time. And it's just, it's really nice. It, you really get a sense that Iron Maiden is a family. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about this band that I loved. When they get a team together that they like, that's it. Management stays together, road people, and they're all, they all have one goal. They want the band to be great. They want the albums to be great. They want the sound to be great. They want the shows to be great. Yeah. And I think that is why they're successful. I really do. That's, you know, it doesn't seem like they fight at all. No, I think they're just, they're all about the band and whatever sounds good and whatever doesn't come out good and that's fine. And yeah. they, they, they admit like, yeah, we've had our differences, but yeah, they seem like they're f- real friends. Yeah. So, uh, let's go. The, the first lineup that recorded and this album is Paul Diano on lead vocal, right? Steve Harris on bass, Dennis Stratton on guitar, Dave Murray on guitar and Clive Burr on drums. Now, Steve Harris and Dave Murray, they're there for every single album. Yeah. Those are the two, the two constants yeah, in Iron Maiden, and um, and when you when these guys talk in these interviews, you can just see how much joy the music and the band gives to them. Yeah, so I love it. So I'm gonna let you start. What is your first song off of the self-titled? Mm, man, I am just <laughs> my tongue is not working today. The self-titled Iron Maiden album. Um, well, I think just to kick it off, it's it's best to go self-titled song the self-titled album. So this is Iron Maiden. And this is the last song of the album. song also this is this is 100 this is steve harris's band yeah this is his band he's the guy that never gave up on mm-hmm. iron maiden being being a band and he's a primary songwriter and and they all credit him they all give him cr- yeah. like the credit for that they know no yeah, one's no, like you know i was the one keeping this alive steve until, wants to take credit but i say no, oh, they're, I'm they're the all one like they're all like it. yeah it's steve's band yeah, that's steve's basically band. what they say and, and who gives a shit because everyone's in the band yeah. and everyone's making money and having fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, you went with the last song of the album, nine songs on this album. Mm-hmm. I went with the first song. Let's hear Prowler. Prowler. 
This is the only Iron Maiden album to feature this guy, Dennis Stratton, on guitar. I don't really mm-hmm. don't know anything else about him. This is... um. I think it said that they had a little bit of... Um, he was kind of brought on late mm-hmm. in the process. Um, and uh, he or he was a last-minute placement um, and was... This is written by a British person. And was sacked due to musical differences after the band's European tour in support of Kiss. Kiss. There's Kiss comes up again. So, uh, yeah. So I think he might have been the guy that was kind of giving him some hassle. Some grief. Like, we don't need this guy. Uh, Iron Maiden has instrumentals. I, I, I've said before, I'm not a fan of instrumentals, but I do like the Iron Ma- Maiden instrumentals. Yeah, because they they aren't just people noodling. No, there's it something sounds, there. You know, it sounds, it sounds like written. a song. Yeah, it sounds like a song. And a lot of times, I'll be listening to it, and like it'll be over, I won't even have realized. Like, oh, oh that was an instrumental. Oh, that was an instrumental. What is uh, what's your next song on? on uh, Self-titled song, Iron Maiden. I picked this. This is the first single, but um, it's great, like we said. So uh, this is Running Free. Okay, both of our Kyles like Running Free because that's what Kyle Hildreth would have played. He says, Running Free, energy, muscle, and it's short. Punky with the weight of metal. Scrappy and fun. Can we get Steve Harris to make songs like this again? Well, I mean, I, I understand when people always want to, um, you know, like, why doesn't why doesn't Van Halen make this type of song again? Or why, yeah. why can't Led Zeppelin record together again and make this? And it's just, I guess it's just maturity. I guess... I guess they, I guess even if you like these short, punky songs, that's probably all they were capable of doing now, back then. Yeah, they Now they're so, they're so, they're, I don't want to say better, but they're more proficient and they know what they're doing. So, yeah. These are probably the first batch of songs that they, that they wrote and they're just like, yeah, these are the ones. Yeah. But, um, but I know what you're saying. You, you want that feel and and energy. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind, I wouldn't mind some shorter songs from, you know, the recent Iron Maiden. Right, but, yeah. But um but yeah, great song. Yeah. So uh and uh this is sort of interesting. I just saw this on Wikipedia. They performed this on the Top of the Pops. Okay. Uh UK show. And uh they refused the usual tradition for the artist to mime. Oh yeah, they and, they sang and, live. And they became uh the first group to do that since the Who did it in nineteen seventy two. So that was eight years later. Yeah, I, so everyone on top of the pops, miming. Yeah, except those two lip bits. syncing, except the Who and Iron Maiden. It was probably just easier to drop it in than set yeah. up all the mics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my second and final song from the self-titled Iron Maiden album is the longest song in the album. It's seven minutes and eight seconds. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, the song. The song's great. Yeah. I'm not afraid. 
I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say this album is excellent top to bottom. Oh yeah, the yeah. song's great. I mean, we were talking about the instrumentals earlier. Transylvania is great, which is an all instrumental. Um, Sanctuary is a great song on this album. It's yep. just it's Charlotte like, the Harlot. Oh yeah, Charlotte that, the Harlot. That's a great unless your daughter's name is Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> then it's sad. Uh, <laughs> and I wonder if there's any. Oh, I bet there's guys out there that love Iron Maiden and named their kid Charlotte and mm-hmm. didn't really think about it when they did that. Yeah. But anyway, we're moving on to the next album, and I got to tell you, here's what here's what happens with this next album. They get producer Martin Birch. Yeah, the first album was is the only one produced by a guy named Will Malone. Who there's I don't even, nothing. On. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> but I will tell you that the production value. From the first album to Killers goes so far up. It's it, crazy. Yeah, it really like, like like the first album still sounds good. Yes. But it's it's very it's very kind of it, raw. It's like a, a, a do-it-yourself punk album. Yeah. You know? But but the, the difference between the first album and the second production album production wise is ridiculous. Is, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, also, Adrian Smith is going to join on guitars uh, re- to replace Dennis uh, Stratton. Yeah, so we're we're getting closer to the classic Maiden lineup now with mm-hmm. the addition of Adrian Smith. So let's uh, let's jump in, Kyle. What he got from Killers, and again, just a great album cover. I mean, so oh, yeah. good. Again, uh, Derek Riggs, that's Marissa's uncle, uh, <laughs> did this one. But I love I love this album cover. Not a good one to get signed because there's some dark areas. But just that, uh, it's the lamppost is there again, and the font of Killers is great, and just fucking just holding mm-hmm. an axe with blood on it's It's perfect. Like, when you see these album covers, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know what's in the grooves. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? What's your first one? Uh, well, you mentioned Marissa. Her favorite author is Edgar Allan Poe. So this is, uh, this title's from an Edgar Allan Poe story. This is Murders in the Room Org. Oh, we have a crossover. That was one of my... That's fantastic. So good. That's why I picked it. Yeah. And you can hear the production so much it's, better. Yeah, it's the same. The the music's the same. Yeah. But the production just yeah, Cl- skyrocket. Clive Burr's drums are, are they're killing it. Yeah. So much better than on the first album. Yeah. Yeah, they just sound like tinny. This one's Yeah, this is this guy. Fuller and richer and I mean, Martin Birch is an incredible producer, anyway. And I mean, and they say in those documentaries that they were like, didn't some didn't their manager or someone say like you should go after Martin Birch? And they didn't. Oh, and they, they were didn't like, think he would want to do it. Yeah, and he was like, yeah. And he's done. Um, did we talk he, about that. He's done Fleetwood Mac, Rainbow, White Snake, Black Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cult. One of those doesn't match. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, just you know, yeah, this he, guy's a major producer, and he's 
He's the band's producer now for all these classic albums. Yeah, for yeah, pretty much every album yeah. that you've seen a T-shirt of. Yeah, he's, 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 the, he's producer. the producer. <laughs> all right, I had Murders in the Rue Morgue also, but I also have to have some Wrathchild. And I love, I love Paul Diano's voice. I don't yeah. think it's better than Bruce Dickinson's, but it's in a similar yeah, it's vein. Not, yeah, like, I, like when I hear Paul Diano, I feel like eventually, I mean, he left the band. He, he, was, right. he, he left them. But I think eventually they would have had to ask him to leave because I don't know if his voice would have continued to be strong mm-hmm. enough on all these tours and everything. I, I, I just don't know. I, I just don't, that's what I yeah. feel about Paul Diano. I want to, I just, uh, I just took the little, uh, little plug from you. Cause I want to give, um, I'm gonna give our friend Ricky Warwick a little shout out and play his, his acoustic version of Wrath Child. All right. Let's hear a little bit of this. Born into a scene of agony and greed, dominance and persecution. My mother was a queen, my dad I never seen. I was never meant to be. Now I spend my time looking all around for a man that's nowhere to be found. Till I find him, never gonna stop searching. Gonna find my man, gonna travel around. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's off his Stairwell Troubadour album. It's, a, it's an all-covers album. He does, uh, it's a, an eclectic mix. He does Oops, I Did It Again. <laughs> he does You Spin Me Right Round, like a record. He does uh, I Fought the Law, uh, Burn in Love, Wrathchild. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good record. So uh, seek that out from Ricky Work. All right. Uh, also, uh, Kyle Hildreth, his song that he picked from Killers is Purgatory. Uh, and then he writes a bunch of stuff about it, but I'm not going to read that. Kyle, if we don't play the song, for me to read your yeah. notes wouldn't make sense if we're not hearing it. But um, yeah, but I agree with your notes. Um, so this is my last song from Killers. This mm-hmm. is uh, Twilight Zone. And a lot of their songs are named after TV shows or kind of like horror. Yeah, horror things. Yeah, novels and things. So... Uh,
Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. And now, here we go. So now this is, this, this is the album that has the most iconic song of this, theirs, I believe. This, this album, again, 80, 81, and now we're into 82. We're one step closer to the classic lineup this time. Right. We have Bruce Dickinson, Dave Murray, Adrian Smith, Steve Harris, and Clive Burr still on drums. And Clive Burr, a great drummer. He's, yeah, he's a he's phenomenal fantastic. Drummer. He's fantastic. Nothing, not taking anything away from Clive Burr, not taking away anything from Paul Diano. In, in this um, Iron Maiden documentaries we talked about earlier, um, Paul Diano says the best vocalist to ever sing in Iron Maiden is Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, which you would throw, never hear anyone never, in Van Halen no, say. Van Halen or, never, no one would ever say that. <laughs> Sammy's not saying that. Dave's not saying that. <laughs> Uh, you know, Sharon's not saying, no, no one's ever saying that. Yeah. No one. Yeah. No band that's had two yeah. vocalists that are prominent. I think, um, I think Brian Johnson does give props to Bon Scott. Yeah. But, um, but he yeah. passed, but he passed away. Yeah. So it's, a, that's a different yeah. scenario. And this Paul Diano seems like such a great, happy guy in, in the documentary also. And it seems like he's still friends with them. Yeah. Yeah, he, and he's, he still does stuff. Yeah, he you know, has his own bands and things. I don't know so. that he ever comes to the States, but you know, you know, if you live in the UK, you can probably still hear Paul Diano out at a club somewhere mm-hmm. singing these songs from the first two albums. But this, is, this album goes, this is a whole different level. Le- I yeah, mean, Martin Birch is still producing. He's, like we said, he produces most yeah, of the, yeah. the next few the um the album cover is amazing. Like they they say in the documentaries that this was, you know, Eddie's working the devil, but the devil's working Eddie, and it's just like who's yeah, it's like more a, it's who's like, more evil, Eddie or the devil? Yeah, it's like there's like yeah, the devil has like a marionette of Eddie, but then when you look up, Eddie has a the devil's attached to a marionette yeah. that a bigger Eddie is yep. is uh, And what I love is when they, when they talk about it behind the scenes, it's all tongue in cheek. They're, yeah, they're not, just they're like, not, it's just silly fun. Yeah, it's silly fun. They're, they're not devil worshipers <laughs> no. or crazy people. They're just really, they're really normal guys. Yeah. They might want to have a pint after the show or whatever, but, it, you know, they're not really any talk of, was there talk of groupies much in those documentaries? No, it's a, a lot of it's kind of like them hanging out and just like, oh, we went skiing here. And like, <laughs> like weird things like, oh yeah, we went and we, we went and played rugby and then did this. Like, it's all, it's all just kind yeah, of like, and there's oh, no, we were all hanging out having fun, but it was like. It oh, doesn't seem like there's drug talk either. It's drinking. No. They drink, they drink some, they drink some alcohol. Because which one golfs now? I think Nico. Yeah. Nico McBrain. We, but like. You and the one thing they're saying, like as soon as the plane lands, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go golf." Yeah, grabs <laughs> grabs his sticks and heads off. Okay, so this is a uh, this is the number of the beast. This is a classic. Yeah, I mean it's top to bottom. You can't beat it. It's very hard to pick. It was very, it was this. very hard to pick because even even like you know everyone knows number of the beast, run to the hills. Um, but there are a ton of others on here that are great too. Like I didn't pick Gangland, but that's a great song. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have. Um, I don't even remember the the two that I picked. I I know that one of these songs will be our playout song. Yes. So if you don't hear it, trust us. It, yes. It's a playout song. Yeah. But uh, what's your first one off of the number of the beast? Uh, so I picked. I mentioned it earlier, but twenty two Acacia Avenue. Ridiculous song. It's great. It's so crazy. And uh, like when people are like, oh, Iron Maiden, like I usually tell them, like, listen to this song. This song's great. So. 
I looked up 50 quid to see what that would be in American money. You can look it up right now? Yeah. Well, it's 50 quid. This is a whorehouse, folks. They're going to 22 Acacia Avenue is where the whorehouse is. It's, it's real close to $69 in <laughs> okay. American dollars. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, and they, they also, they reference Charlotte the Harlot in this. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So Charlotte the Harlot must be the girl that they're going to see at 22 Acacia Avenue. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If I would have known that, this would have been played during our sequel songs. <laughs> kind of a sideways sequel. But I love that song. I love 22 Acacia Avenue. But this first song I picked is the song that kicks off the album. And that song is called Invaders. I mean, look, if you were an Iron Maiden fan back then and you were skeptical about what your favorite band was going to sound like with this new vocalist, that lays it all to rest with the first track. I mean, look, there's nothing like Bruce Dickinson's voice. And and he still sounds that great. After having tongue cancer, still sounds great. I, I mean... That just almost gives me a chill listening to that. I mean, they yeah. they made the right decision getting Bruce Dickinson in this band. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better front man, too, than Deano. Like, yeah. when I see the live clips, Deano's kind of like a, a punk with leather jacket, but he doesn't he doesn't seem like he's engaging that crowd the way Bruce Dickinson does. And, and they, uh, in the documentary, they initially say that the manager didn't want Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Because he was from a band called Samson. Yeah. That I think wasn't that well liked or revered. Yeah. And and he basically was like, well, if you're going to have him, because he goes, he's a pretty boy. And <laughs> None of he, these guys are pretty. And he goes, he, he goes, if you're going to have him, put him, cut his hair and put him in a leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like something like yeah. crazy like that. But um, or, I think he says mess up his hair and put him in a leather jacket. But yeah. 
I mean, can you imagine what type of uh, charisma and, and that you need when they show these clips of Iron Maiden playing these festivals of, you know, 300,000 people and he gets this whole crowd going. I mean, that's the kind of stuff Freddie Mercury was able to do. And, mm-hmm. But people don't think, Bruce Dickinson, I don't think, jumps in your head of, of a guy right. that commands that type of uh, attention on stage. And I mean, you know, it's always the same thing. Like everyone always says, uh, David Lee Roth is the best front man. I got to be honest, I can go down a list of people that are way fucking better front men than David Lee Roth. And I would say Bruce Dickinson is one of those mm-hmm. guys. Just because he doesn't do a karate kick <laughs> and a backflip. He doesn't spin a sword around. Yeah. And Bruce Dickinson can sing. Yeah. So, you know, still, you can send can me your emails. Sing. You can send me your emails about that. But um, <laughs> I think Bono is kind of in that yes, realm of yeah. like being able to yes. command a large Absolutely, crowd. absolutely. Around the world. I wish Bono would karate kick though. I wish he would just jump up. Put and on kick. that put on that coexist bandana yeah, and, and like just kick edge right in the face. <laughs> what's uh what's your so next song? You just played the first song. I'm gonna play the last song. This is uh this is Hallowed Be Thy Name. Ooh, deep we're going deep. Cause there's big songs on this album. Love the guitar in that. Do you think? Uh, do you think people uh, that listen to this show regularly are going to see that this is an all Iron Maiden show? And do you think a lot? Some people aren't going to listen because of that. No, because I think, especially because we just, um, I don't think it released yet, except for the ASAP Club members. Mm-hmm. But the the Eagles, yeah, we did an Eagles. episode, and people love that. Like David Ace Gutierrez said that he doesn't like. Eagles, yeah. and he loved that episode. Yeah, but so, that, that episode we had Wayne Fetterman, who's super funny, and we allowed ourselves to make fun of the Eagles, where I, I really can't find anything to make fun of here with Iron Maiden. No, you know what I mean? Like they 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 don't they're not assholes. <laughs> yeah, no, they they all. That's so, the other thing. There's no. They're very self aware because in that in again those documentaries, which you have to watch. They're they're so good, but uh, the one they were saying like they got into an argument and they recorded it while they were arguing. Yeah. Bruce Dickinson came in and recorded Steve Harris and I think Nico, they were, yeah. they were arguing, but the argument was like, you played this too fast. I did not. You owe me an apology. I will not apologize to you. I mean, yeah. it was like, it wasn't like you're a fucking asshole. I've never liked you. You're a dick. It was nothing like and then that. They put that as a B side, They put it as a B side, the argument, they put it as a B side. <laughs> so that's hysterical. Cause then, Bruce played it back for him and they were just laughing like, oh, we sound ridiculous. Oh, we'll put that as a B-side. So, I mean, these are guys, these are friendly guys. These are good guys. So, yeah. just another reason. 
if you if you watch these documentaries, you will fall in love with Iron Maiden. You really will. And and they're I think they're self produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're really they're really well done. Like they have mm-hmm. graphics of like this year, and then it says Iron Maiden, then it has everyone in the lineup. Yeah, and then it'll like as soon as the lineup changes, they'll say this. And and we're talking about the lineups that never recorded. Yeah, you know, like in 1976, yeah, like the first, this was our lineup. The first like half hour, 45 minutes of the first one is like it, all pre um, the first album stuff. Yeah. And it's it's fascinating and interesting and you won't be bored at all. No. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this guy's good. And they get all those people. That's the other insane thing yeah. where they're like, oh, yeah, we started with this guy. And then and he's just like, yeah, I, I didn't think I was in good enough shape to drum. So I, I bowed out myself, you know, kind yeah. of stuff like that because yeah. I wanted them to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, Pilar and I were at uh, uh, a friend's um, birthday party. They live in Santa Monica, uh, a gigantic house, of fucking ridiculous, 105 uh, bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, 105 bedrooms. No, bathrooms, 105 bathrooms. Oh. 105 uh, inch uh, plasma screen TV on the wall. It's fucking ridiculous. But um, they were giving us a tour because it's their new house, and we are up in, up in their bedroom. And on the, on the shelf, I see the Bruce Dickinson book. So I pull it off the shelf and I show it to, to the man of the house, Chip, who's, he's like six foot two. He's got a big metal tattoo on his arm. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm reading this book right now. And he looks at it. He goes, that's not my book. That's Linda's book, <laughs> which is his wife, Linda uh, Klein, who's a, who's a friend of mine. And Linda and I have gone to some concerts together. But um, I was like, I'm reading the same book. She's like, I didn't know you like Maiden. And she's like, she's like in her thirties and she's, you know, a, a beautiful young girl. So again, everyone, everyone likes Maiden. Yeah, everyone likes Maiden. What's um, what's my next song? I don't even because I have I have a do I have more than one? Uh, oh, yeah, I know yeah. what it is. I know what it is. There's there's a great story about this in one of the documentaries. I don't know if it's the but but uh, the song's the prisoner. Mm-hmm. That was a TV show with Patrick McGowan, and they wanted to get everyone says it's great. Like it's yeah. on all those lists yeah, of. I know. I think they're making a movie. Which they will, made a Jim Caviezel Ian McKellen miniseries oh, like a few years oh, that's ago. What I'm thinking of. And it wa- and I don't think anyone liked it. Well, this uh, they wanted to get um, they wanted to get this uh, this audio of Patrick McGowan from the show, and they wanted to put it in the front of of this song. And they were like, "Well, how are we going to do?" Because I guess Patrick McGowan was like a god to them back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know who we can compare him to here, but uh, finally they just called him, and I think his answer was something like, "Let's do it." So <laughs> that's you hear his you hear the original like prisoner dialogue before the song. I'm not going to play that, but we are going to just jump right into The Prisoner. Such a great tune. Hey, I forgot to read Kyle Hildreth's notes because he also picked Hallowed Be Thy Name like you did. Mm-hmm. He said, the quintessential Maiden song, when you hear Papa Roach's riff, rip off, last resort, and some 41's hilarious tribute, Pain for Pleasure, 
This is a song they and countless other bands steal from. Classic. Yeah. That's what Kyle, the other Kyle says. What, uh, what's your, do I have another song off this album? Yeah, you do. Let's play it because it was too, again, it was too hard to pick yeah. just two songs. And this is, uh, this is, was a big MTV tune. This is Run to the Hills. White man came across the sea. He brought us pain. So good. They write a lot of songs about historical events too. They do. It's like they're not singing about um, getting high and banging chicks. Yeah, it's like <laughs> which is what it's like. Oh, this is a weird like. Oh, here's a um, like. There's one later on that I'll play, but it's like kind of about a battle that's yeah. not really well known. Yeah, and like, they kind of talk about it. With- I mean, like a, a lyric like uh, raping the women and wasting the men. I mean, it's but in the context of this song. You you understand it doesn't seem like what I want to say. And I think it's I think it's meant to be like this is how horrible this is how people, horrible it was. Yeah, they're not trying to be sensational, right? To sensationalize it, you know. They're not trying. They're not using those words to to get a rise out of you to they're, be controversial. They're doing they're, it because in the context of what they're singing about, that makes sense. Yeah, and they're act- It's kind of a. It's a little. It's almost like a anti-war song yeah because it's so like it's like uh it's like what I, how do i want to say it it's like sounds like it's pro this but when you listen to the lyrics yeah. you're like oh this is terrible why would anyone agree to this <laughs> exactly so you have one more from this no no that was it that was it we're yeah, done okay. we're we're moving on okay to? so such how do you follow up an album as great as the number of the beast well you do it with an album called peace of mind is it as good as the number of the beast some people might say it is some people might not say it say it is what am i trying to say i don't know what i'm saying um it's a great i think it's a good follow-up it's a a strong follow-up it's not a it's not like it's not it's not like a it's not a clunker sometimes it's very very hard to follow up what uh, seems to be your best album And and that was their best album so far and this is you know, this is 80, 81, 82, and now 83. Yeah. And they've just been touring, touring in between yeah. all of these. And in the documentaries, they say that was that was it. That was the like, gig. We toured, came home, recorded for a few months, went back out on a tour, recorded, now, toured. Most bands who are trying to release albums one after the other, the songwriting starts to suffer, but not with these guys. And it and I think I think a lot of it has to do with um, you know, when they, 
you know, Steve Harris, I think he just had a back catalog of like yeah. your things. And then Bruce Dickinson came in and started to co-write a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and Adrian Smith and Dave Murray also help out. Now this, uh, with this album, we are, we are now cementing the classic. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to argue that this is the classic Iron Maiden lineup. Bruce Dickinson, Dave Murray, Adrian Smith, Steve Harris, and Nico McBrain. This is the classic. And um, I think they say in the documentary, Clive Burr, I think he was, he was partying too much. He was drinking too much. They, I think they said that they told him to leave because they said if they went on tour with him again, he, he might be dead, I think is what they say. I think they gave him a chance, too, to get it together. Yeah. It wasn't, just, it, it wasn't one of those things like, he's done. I think they gave him a chance and he didn't. And he's in the documentary. He goes, yeah, I was in the band. And then, oh, well, then I wasn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Yeah. But. Um, and sadly, he passed away about four years ago now. But. Um, but you can see him walking and talking in these documentaries and playing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, he, had, he had MS in case anyone wonders. So. Yeah, multiple sclerosis. Yeah. If I said that right. Um, Nico McBrain is this crazy, amazing drummer. Crazy. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Clive Burr is great, but Nico McBrain is better, mm -hmm. you know? And I think when you replace a member in the band, you should replace him with someone as good, but hopefully better. So that's yeah. what they've done both times now. They replaced the singer and the drummer, and now they are all locked in. And what is your first song, Kyle, off uh, of Peace of Mind? My first song is pick the first song from the album. This is uh, Where Eagles Dare. Man, side one of this album is ridiculous. Yeah. Where Eagles Dare, Revelations, Flight of Icarus, and the song that I'm going to play, Die With Your Boots On. Oh, yeah, this song's great. This is ridiculous. Funky uh, background vocals. There's little, you know. Yeah. I love it. This is uh, also my 13-year-old daughter. I was playing this in the car the other day, and she came up with a, with a call Weird Al on this one, Kyle. If you want to poop, poop with your pants on. <laughs> Try that one. Hey, 
How about if we say Hob the Troll? Why don't you record a parody song of Dive With Your Boots On? Well, I'd love to hear uh, Poop poop With Your Pants On. Want to try that? I'm throwing down the gauntlet. That's are, my you, are you up in the irons? Yeah. Up the irons, Hob. <laughs> Bring it, troll. Can you do it? Scream for me, rock solid. All right. Um... Let's see what Kyle Hildreth has. Okay, we didn't get to his song yet. What's your next song? Um, mine has like a theme of flight, I guess, because the next one is Flight of Icarus. So you like the Eagles and the Icarus. Yeah. All right. Just, I just, it, just love how that drives forward. And it just, it paints like the, you can see it yeah. completely. Like it just paints a, an amazing picture. I have so many uh, of these songs now in my uh, treadmill playlist. It's the best music to be at the gym to. It's really yeah. great. Uh, my next song, Kyle, I'm going to dedicate this, this to someone not, who's not here today, uh, Mr. Mike Siegel. So let's hear this next one. Hey, you. It's a Seagull Stinkaroo. Just this okay. It's it, like as as poetic as Flight of Icarus yeah. is. Quest this for is, Fire is a dog. This is a real clunker. This is this is bad. This uh, is definitely a speed bump on the album. Yeah, I, I the first time I heard this, I'm like, oh boy, this is because it's really like it's like when dinosaurs walk the earth, and then like it's just like just, and then and then and then like the music's not bad. No, but if this lyric, were an instrumental, I'd love yeah, it. The lyrics. And this is this and Steve Harris wrote this one by not himself. Not Bruce's best vocal performance. No, ever. no, it's it's very spinal because it's all in that one register. Yeah, yeah, and that I really I, high register. I don't like when someone sings just in their one register all the time. I just that's not my thing. But uh, yes, yeah, that's clunker. That's a stinkeroo. <laughs> what do you got? You got a good one for us? Um, are you done? No, I'm done. Those were my two. All right, so well then the, uh, let's kill it with uh, w- with one of the. Greatest Iron Maiden songs. Also, I think the cover of this single is more iconic than a lot of their album covers. Like I see yeah, yeah, this yeah. on a lot of t-shirts. Like That's the what's on your I t-shirt yeah. right now. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear this. You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stand, there's no turning back. The fuel of sounds, the times begins. 
so great. I think that was their attempt to make another run to the hills. Yeah. And I think they killed it. Like, I think they just basically were like, you know. I mean, when you listen on CD, it's Where Eagles Dare, Revelations, Flight of Icarus, Die With Your Boots On, The Trooper, Still Life. I mean, and then you skip Quest for Fire. You skip skip Quest for Fire. Sun and Steel was great. Yep. Entertainment Land's good. Uh, The thing I like about Iron Maiden, too, is they stick to they stick to like nine or ten songs always. Mm-hmm. Even when the songs get longer, there's not more songs. Right. Like they don't have an album that has that has 15 songs. Even the last album was a double album, but it, it's like 10 or 12, yeah, maybe. Yeah. They just and so and back then this was perfect. Nine songs. It's perfect. Yeah. What do you think of this album and cover? We got Eddie in the uh, in the padded room. Uh, I like it. I don't. I don't love it. It's not my favorite album. Because yeah, coming off the last three, you know, this is a little bit different. I don't like the font choice for peace for of peace mind. of mind. It's like kind of cursive. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. It's too fancy. I'd have, I'd have rather it been like scrawled on the wall in blood, blood or something, yeah. or you know. But I like I like Eddie in the padded room, and I like that it's P I E C E. Yeah, of mine. Yeah. That's cool. Not a, not a great album cover to get signed, though. No, it's pretty dark. Yeah, pretty dark. You know how we like to talk album cover art. Yeah. The next album cover, I it, think, is a good one to get signed. It's I think a it might be busy, but I think it's... It's, it's bright. You can sign it anywhere. Uh, also, on Peace of Mind, Kyle Hildreth, he liked Still Life. Dark Horse of the album is what he said. So, good. All right, Kyle. We're trying to include your comments, Kyle. But if we're not playing the song, I'm not going to read all of it because, you know, people aren't going to know what the fuck. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, this album. And the production just gets better. Yeah, like and every it's, still, album it's sounds still Martin better. Birch. Still and they're Martin just Birch. still just... Because uh, they're learning along the way. Hey, why don't we do this? Or why don't we do that? And yeah. it's just, it just gets and better it, and, and these better. Are, again, these are all early 80s. So this doesn't have that 80s... Mm-mm. Yeah, sound that every other album had. This was, you know, they were still kind of just doing their own thing. And again, no break yet because here we come, Power Slave, 1984. Yeah. This, so it's solid 80, 81, 82, 83, and 84. I think this is in one of my, for sure, top three Maiden albums. I love the cover. I love pretty, I think I love every song on this album. Eight songs. Yeah. It's a longer album. It's 51 minutes. And this, but it's this eight has, songs. Uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Let's is, play it the whole thing. <laughs> is the last song. It's thir- it's over thirteen minutes long. And we were talking before. That doesn't get old. No, because there's doesn't. enough changes and things yeah. that it do- it just by the time you've realized you've been listening to it for thirteen minutes, it's over. It's over. You know, and it's uh, it's great. And they in those documentaries, they say that they. They thought it was like eight minutes when they were playing. Yeah, it in they would studio. just they would just play until they thought the song was done, and whatever the time was is what it was. Yeah, and it wasn't like they didn't set out to write a thirteen-minute song or a four-minute song. It was just like when the song was done, it was done. And this was the longest Maiden song for thirty years until their most recent album. But we'll get to that. We later. will get to that. Uh, what is your first song off of Power Slave? I think this I is mean, Travis Kennedy, friend of the show. This is his favorite yeah. Iron Maiden album. Um, I I went with the 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 first song because it kicks ass. This is Aces High. Yeah, 
think the other Kyle also had this. He says, Ace is high, perfect show opener, fast and strong, like you are in the cockpit of a World War II fighter and that epic-sounding Maiden-esque chorus. He's nailing it with these notes. Hey, he has a, he has a good, uh, good way with words, Yeah, Kyle. I'd like to read them all, Kyle, but I can't. But the ones I'm reading, I'm enjoying. Let me play the six-minute song called Two Minutes to Midnight. This was a crossover because I had this too. All right. the unborn in the womb it's like it's it's brutal but it's uh it's so good so good so you don't have another one because that was a crossover yeah, no. all right let's hear the title track then oh and the font on this album is good yeah it's yeah. it's kind of it it really it has that uh because it, it's egyptian yeah that's what I was gonna say. egyptian theme this is power slave Also, when they recorded these albums, the band would go like off to the Bahamas for like three months. And they said like for the first month, they might not do anything. Yeah. They were like, we would just be hanging out in the pool, yeah. play and, volleyball. And like, like the, the road crew and stuff would go with them. They've was, used the same road crew since day one. Sound guys. And just every, everyone just that wanted to stay big, there could be there. They're just a big family. Yeah. And they would, um, it was so funny though, like a month, nothing would get done and they'd go, okay, I guess we have to do something. <laughs> yeah. And this is what they come up with. They come up with peace of mind and power slave. And, and, uh, I mean, I guess in this time too, if you're touring, recording, touring, recording, you might need that month to just kind of relax and decompress. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we, there's a year between studio albums, but they release live after death, which is a fantastic live album. Such a good, you know, live albums sometimes aren't great. Right. You know, but this one really, really is a great album, and it's got an iconic uh, album cover. 
mm-hmm. and uh, we're not playing anything. We're just playing studio songs. But I, I recommend Live After Death. Uh, it's good. It's really good. I think it was recorded in Long Beach. And maybe some songs somewhere else too. Yeah. But I also think, it, yeah, it's one of those where they don't, I don't think they guise it as this was all one night. No, I think I it just think says like. Yeah, oh, recorded here and here. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, these albums are going platinum in the U.S. with virtually no airplay. You'd see them on MTV. Maybe there'd be like, you know, a metal stage, but not really. Yeah. You know, I, again, I didn't, I only saw Iron Maiden on MTV. I did not hear them on the radio in small town Pennsylvania. Yeah, Maybe I, you I people bet- did. Yeah, there might be other places like bigger cities where, you know, if they had a few other radio stations, like you said, like some metal stations or like hard rock stations probably played them. But I bet, you know, a lot of the small town or probably middle America didn't, you know, it was only like word of mouth or whatever. Also, Derek Riggs did the album cover again for Power Slave. And it's so different from what he did before. Like when he presented it to them, they were probably like, whoa, this is not what we were expecting, but we love it. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's like very Egyptian-themed. It has, you know, a pyramid, but then there's a big, like, sphinx of Eddie. Yeah, because I think they, I think they said in concert they killed Eddie at the end of the Peace of Mind tour, right? Yeah. Is that what they said? And yeah. then for Power Slave, it was like they resurrected him like a mummy. Yeah, he was like a mummy. And, like, uh, I have a pin on my bag for work that's, the power, slave. the power slave Eddie's head. Very nice. It's really cool. Okay, so after that uh, break with the live album, we come. They come back with somewhere in time. This album cover has. You can look at this album if, cover for hours. And if you go to Wikipedia, okay. So if you look at the album cover, it looks relatively simple. Yeah, like it's just a. It's a. It's like a cybernetic Eddie, which the somewhere in time font on this is perfect because it looks perfect. like a digital clock. Yep. Um, He's just kind of like in a sort of cyberpunky, almost like a uh, Blade Runner esque setting. The band on the back, the band is drawn on the back. Yeah, and uh, but there are so many references crammed in. And if you look on Wikipedia, I'm not just it's. If I printed it out, it'd probably be two pages. Oh yeah, it's nuts. You know, it's like one of the buildings is labeled Asimov Foundation in reference to the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. Uh, below the Aces High Bar is a sign that reads Sand Dune in reference to their song To Tame a Land from Peace of Mind based on the novel Dune. I mean, it's great. You can a character go- wearing a large cloak stands above the walkways right side and Riggs claims it's Batman. Like there are just yep. so many. Below the clock, there is a sign which reads Phantom of the Opera, Phantom Opera House in reference to the song Phantom of the Opera from the first album. It's just there's so many things yep. on this album cover. This guy really. This guy was thankful to have a break so that he could work on this album. Cover. Yeah. And uh, again, how many songs are on this one? We got, uh, again, eight songs. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And what are you going to start with? Um, this was a really hard one to pick songs from. Because I, I think they're all, I think it's great. I think they're all very equal. And yeah. it's, you know, you know, I could pick any two from this and it would be great. But I, uh, I picked this one from... Uh, I think it's the fourth song. Uh, Third song. It's a sea of madness.
That bass is crazy. Oh, I know. It's terrific. I feel like we're rocking too hard today. Yeah. Are we rocking too hard? I don't think so. This, I think this is, our, is the rockingest show we've ever done. Because these songs are relentless. They don't let up. And that's why I want to hear something called Wasted Years. Oh, this one's great. This is like on my short list. It's ridiculous. Listen to that guitar. That is so... You can talk about Eddie Van Halen, but listen to that. Yeah, and it matches the theme of yeah, the album. Right. And we're playing these songs, like we're playing like a minute, 20 seconds and not, it's like flying by. Yeah, it's flying by. And it's, uh, but you have to, to get to the meat of this. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like Iron Maiden would never send me a, a, a letter telling me I couldn't play. They'd be like, oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Oh, so glad you're getting it out there to the blokes. Um, um, on Cause like, well, just with that, for example, the, the chorus is completely different than that, like opening riff. Yeah. And the verse, like it's, it's so late, like they're very good musicians. Yeah. They're so, and they're, but they're not, but they're not flashy. They're not, what do I want to say? It's not Ingve Malmsteen type stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really, not, it's there for a reason. Yeah. Everything not, makes it's sense. Not noodling for the sake of like, this yeah. is how great of a guitarist I am. Look how fast I am. I am. Look how fast. It's, it works with the song and all the people, like if you, with these songs, a lot of times, if you took any one piece out, maybe maybe not the vocals but if you took any one piece out instrumentally it wouldn't it wouldn't work like it right. all it all is there for a reason it know? all works and that's what that's what you get when you take a, a month off in the bahamas <laughs> and then say oh we better write some things what's your next song from somewhere in time um this is stranger in a strange land not today I stand 
song. Oh, sorry. I thought it was your pick for a second, and it's I was just pick. like, I was just getting into it. That I don't was know. a long. That was a long ass clip you sorry, played. Sorry, you got you got hypnotized. I did. It was like I just didn't want to stop listening to it. That's what happens. Um, Kyle Hildreth's pick would have been Alexander the Great, but I'm not playing that. But I will say that he he closes his remarks with uh, that the the cover art is packed fuller than your local Mexican restaurant's burrito special. <laughs> this guy's good at writing. He's a good writer. He turns a phrase, like you said. Uh, I, what did we found out? He was just like a famous like and we just didn't columnist. Know. We know. We're just we idiots. never knew it. Um, a lot of these albums, too, even though they're not concept albums, they seem like they could be. Yeah. Because they kind of match, like the, the album art really matches the sound of the album. They yeah. kind of have a consistent sound. Power Slave might be kind of a concept album. Yeah, and this a little bit too. I think it's just, you know. Yeah, they don't they don't ram it. They don't ram some story down your throat. Right. Let's hear Heaven Can Wait. Some great Bruce Dickinson vocals. Bruce Dickinson doesn't write any songs on this album. He doesn't even contribute. Yeah, he's just doesn't it, matter. It, the and, nice and he wasn't pouting. He no. wasn't sitting there saying, "Oh, I don't have a songwriting credit." He, yeah, it's he probably went. These are all great. These are great. I'll sing them. Like it's not. There doesn't seem to be any competition he, in the band. No ego. Yeah, it's for the greater good. Yeah, I think the. I think it's. Yeah, it's uh, the only ego is the band as a whole. There's no I in Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. There are oh, two eyes. There's two. Yeah, and, well, a, and a me. Mm, okay, <laughs> maybe. That's uh, that's somewhere in time. Let's uh, now. They're taking now. Take, it's two years in between because they've been albums. because they've because they've been busting their ass building the name Iron Maiden. They need a little break. But even in the documentary, they say. They kind of didn't have a break because now they would tour for longer, like a year and a half, yes. two years, and they would they would go like, yeah, we would just go all over. We would go like, and they they sort of became surprised that they had fans worldwide. Yeah, because they talk about like, oh, we went to Brazil thinking, oh, we're just going to play a club in Brazil, <laughs> right? And we get there and it's a giant arena with you know like nuts, just nuts. You know, you know, seventy thousand, eighty thousand fans packed in. And back 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 then, like if it was. If it was 88, you were probably like, man, what's Iron Maiden up to? I, there's, it's been two years now. But no, it wasn't, like you said. Yeah. Uh, this is Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Now, this one is a concept album. Like yes. they've said it's a concept album or partially a concept partially album. Partially a concept album. Uh, this, I like this album cover. Yeah, I do too. It, it's weird because you would think... It's a good one to get signed. Yeah, you would think because it, it it's kind of a hodgepodge, but it works. Yeah, I the only thing I, I for some reason don't love the 
color choice of Iron Maiden against the background, like mm-hmm. the logo. Too much light blue. Yeah, but I think, uh, but everything else is good. I mean, I even like that font at the bottom. This album was recorded in two months, February to March 1988, and then came out in April. <laughs> I mean, that, sometimes you read, oh, it was recorded, and then it came out six months later. No, it's... And I think, it right they, I think they're just the guys who are like, yep, that's it. That's done. It's good. That's a good take. We'll keep it. Um, also, we didn't mention Somewhere in Time, you cannot get the album signed. There's too much going on. Yeah, it. W- I mean, it would be cool because of all the references, but you, but you just there's couldn't. N- there's nowhere to sign it. It's just not... You can't. You would have to have a print that you altered yourself where you like maybe made Eddie clear and then kind of like <laughs> yeah. opaque something the background. A, something and, a crazy person would yeah. do. But but even then it's like there there are a lot of they have a ton of albums that you could get signed. Yeah. What's your uh what's your first one off of Seventh Son of a Seventh uh, Son? This one I could not get out of my head the other day. Okay. Um and I love it. This is So then uh, did you go kill people? <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Can I Play With Madness. Oh, that crossover. Here's the thing about Iron Maiden is you always think that there's really long songs, but Can I Play With Madness is three minutes and 30 seconds. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's in this, this album, Dickinson has four writing credits, including Can I Play With Madness? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was my first pick because I mean, that's just, it's a, it's a, it's such so a good. standout, great song. Yeah. And it's such, it's so great too, because it is a, a, a normal uh, time on a song. 3.30 is, yeah. is great. And they, they pack a lot into that. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a song that uh, the other Kyle also picked. I'll read his notes here. Uh, he picks uh, The Evil That Men Do. Well, he actually picks The Evil That Men Do and Only the Good Die Young. Technically two songs, but really the same song. Different lyrics, titles, writers, and one seven seconds longer, and no keyboards or synths. So he's basically saying, I think, that the theme, is, the theme of these two songs is the same. Okay. And I'm going to play uh, The Evil That Men Do. that there was a 1995 reissue that had a bonus CD where they where they did 
they re-recorded Prowler, Prowler 88, and they re-recorded Charlotte the Harlot 88. If anyone has those songs, please send them along. I'd love to hear Bruce they Dickinson's. They also have a Thin Lizzy cover of Massacre. Yeah. So I'd love to hear Bruce Dickinson, though, sing those, yeah. those older Maiden songs. I would love to hear what that sounds like. Uh, you got another one for us? Um, yeah, I do. Also, uh, oh, this album is eight songs, 43 minutes. It's perfect. Kyle Hildreth must be uh, the clairvoyant because he... <gasps> Because uh, he, the two songs were the your pick and then my pick, which is uh, only the good die young. Oh, good by Billy Joel. Come out, Virginia. I love that line. How, that's how they close the album. Yeah. They close it out with a great song like I, that. I love the line, uh, if I cancel tomorrow, the undead will fight me today. It's so, <laughs> so great. And you know what? I, I can understand where people could laugh at that lyric or say that's a silly lyric. I get, I get it. But like they, they are doing it tongue in cheek. They They're are. not Like when Kiss sings, you know, put my log in your fireplace, I think that's in earnest. Yeah. They think it's great. Like they think that's super funny. I think... Iron Maiden knows, like, this is yeah. a little cheesy, but it still works. Also, I wanted to t talk about, Iron Maiden does a thing where they have a, a lot of songs that are the something. Like, they have The Prisoner, and they have The Trooper, and they have The Duelists, and they have uh, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. That's maybe not the best example of what I'm talking about. The Prophecy, The Clairvoyant, The, the Assassin. The Klansman. Yeah, The Klansman, The Fugitive, uh, The Apparition. I mean... That's just something that they do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, know if that's a, a, a conscious thing or if it just uh, it just happens that way. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wanted to point that out. I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, do we, you think in the eighties anyone ever, or was it too scary? But do you think anyone pr approached them and was like, "Hey, do you want to do a cartoon with Eddie, like Saturday morning cartoon?" Well, you know, Eddie we, and the Iron Maidens. <laughs> we had we we had uh, we had a monster here. His name's Mike Tyson. He got an animated series. <laughs> You know, convicted rapist gets the Mike Tyson mysteries. So I would love it if Eddie had, uh, you know, Eddie's Funhouse. <laughs> he he has like a cat, <laughs> like like they give him like a nice side cat. Like, yeah. Oh Eddie, what are we doing today? Yeah, what if yeah Eddie? So what, scary. Oh, just come in. Don't uh, the way I look isn't the way I am. So don't be scared, children. Okay, we're gonna move into 1990. Okay, now for me, this is the first dip. In the Iron Maiden catalog, it's no prayer for and, the and dying. And this again is two two years later. Two years later, this is you know, uh, yeah. And this we have a bit of a lineup change too. We do. A Adrian Smith is not happy with the way the music is going. I think that's why he yeah. leaves. And uh, the musical direction isn't to his liking because it is. It's getting a little more. It, it's a little more synthesized. Yeah, and. They're using some keyboards now. Yeah. It's the, it's the you know end of the 80s, early 90s. And so they get in Yannick Gers. 
Jairus? Yeah, I don't know how to say his name. I'm pretty sure it's Yannick. I don't know how to say his last name. Jairus? Gers? Gers, maybe. Gers, yeah. Um, Who's great. He's great. And what I'm going to say is... um, And then Michael Kenny does some key additional keyboards, yeah. but he's not an official member. He's no. just kind of added in. Yeah. And Martin Birch is still uh, still producing. Uh, Derek Riggs is still doing the cover artwork. Now, this cover artwork, they changed for the for the remastered. Now, in the and original one, Eddie is busting through. Is he busting out of a coffin? And he's reaching up and he's grabbing a guy around the neck. Yeah, the, but, like who's like a grave digger, digger or basically. But the the... It doesn't. It doesn't mesh. Like the, the artwork on the guy, it just seems I, different. I, I yeah. I told you he looks like a cartoon instead you, of a real person. Like, and, but Eddie's painted like he's real. And someone it's pretty I, fierce. Eddie I looks read, pretty fierce. On the Wikipedia, it says uh, uh, there are two covers. Um, the band's manager Ron Smallwood disliked the the figure of the grave digger yeah and had Derek Riggs remove him on the 1998 re-release I like the I like the re-release cover better I do too and then but it's not great but also there's a blank plaque on the tomb in the original cover it's just blank yeah and they added an inscription um they added an inscription uh for the re-release but Riggs left that initially blank because he wanted the band to add something in to put on there and they just never did. They never did. So it was just re- released blank. So it looks really weird. There's just like a blank square. And the, the, either cover isn't great. No. Neither one I is. like. I do like the re-release better. But it's not great. With, with the title No Prayer for the Dying, I feel like you could have done so much more. Yeah, like Eddie, like Eddie's Eddie's dressed as a priest yeah. or something or like an undead priest or whatever. But, uh, this album's got 10 songs, mm-hmm. uh, 43 so, minutes, so a little long, <laughs> <laughs> but the songs are all pretty much, uh, the longest one's five thirty. Yeah. There's, there's a clunker of a title here, but the song's not bad. Yeah. But oh that yeah. I public enema number one. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit, that's, that's kind of in that blink one eighty two. That's, that's that kind of, rock star humor that I, I don't feel Aerosmith. That, yeah, I don't feel that that's this band. And so there's some missteps here. Uh, I'm going to, do you mind if I start because, um, no, no, no. Kyle Hildreth, uh, has the song that I'm going to start with, which is the opening track. It's called tail gunner. Kyle says unstoppable Steve Harris bass that leads this aces high part two also has the lyric nail that fucker kill that son going to blow your guts out with my gun. So, I don't know if I have it queued up to that lyric, but Tail Gunner is pretty great. Uh, yeah, I like that song. Yeah, but like again, it sound they they they're sounding a little like poppy. It doesn't quite sound it's, 
The production it's, sounds weird too, and it's still it's Martin Birch. A little too slick. Yeah, I think at times. Like when I when I hear it, I understand why Adrian Smith wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, this song is is great. This song is probably in one of my top ten. Just because this again, this was stuck in my head the other day. I couldn't get it out. Uh, right. This is hooks in you. Uh, co-written by Adrian Smith. I'm going to go, and again, this was the first album in their catalog where I was like, oh, this is kind of disappointing. Yeah, because it's kind of, it's hit and miss. Yeah, it's, and like yeah, the, like it's the, not the, strong throughout. The songs I like, I really like. And then the songs, there's some songs that are just okay. There's forgettable songs. Yeah, like The Assassin's a bad song, I think. Yeah. That's the one like really big misstep on this because it just kind of says The Assassin over and over again. I didn't bring it, but it's like, it's not quite a stinkeroo, but it's just, it's boring, I guess is the worst part. Yeah. And this is, um, I'm going to play what was their first number one single in the UK. Which is crazy. It is crazy. After 10 years. and Well, what, plus it's crazy because it's albums? Bring Your Daughter to the to Slaughter, <laughs> which is super violent. You know what I mean? It's like insanely violent title for that to go to number one. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, written by Bruce Dickinson, and let's hear it. Honey, it's getting close to midnight, and all the bits are still in town. True love and lipstick on your linen. Bite the pillow, make no sound. If there's some living to be done, before your life becomes your tomb, you'd better know. that note on slaughter is nuts at the at the beginning he sounds a little bit like um a little like brian johnson Mm -hmm. yeah with his like kind of like gravelly and then it's just and then it goes into uh you know classic bruce dickinson now that song was originally recorded by bruce dickinson solo for a nightmare on elm street five uh demon the demon child soundtrack oh yeah But, uh, but steve harris liked it so much that Iron Maiden re-recorded it for this album. I recently watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I'm sorry. No, they're 
if you if before I started it, if you just said, hey, what which series do you think is more all over the place? Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the thirteenth? I'd have said, Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But no, it's they're pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Friday the thirteenth is all over the place. It's I don't disaster. I don't like Freddy. I don't like Freddy Krueger. I didn't think I did either, but I liked like you know, the first one's good. I loved two because I thought it was good. And then seven, this is not a sentence anyone should ever say. The seventh Friday the 13th movie is amazing. It's what, so great. Is that a new nightmare? Yeah. Um, like if Freddy Krueger was on Twitter, I would hate him. Yeah. Well, I would there's, hate him. There's a weird thing, like kind of in like four, five, six, they kind of do this thing where he now is like real jokey. And like, 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 like he like just a, says bitch like, every time. He's like, like I'm going to kill you, bitch. Or like, like, like a Batman prime time, bitch. Yeah, it's, it's, he becomes silly. Yeah. And not scary. Right. Which is weird. But they have good soundtracks. They have good songs in those movies, except for six. Six is terrible. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? No, I just played Bring Your, do you have another song yes, off I do. of Pray uh, for the Dying? No Prayer for the Dying? This is, this is one that was on that list that uh, Matt Stoinoff gave me back in the day. This is Mother Russia. that like russia sound a yeah, little yeah, yeah. bit and it's cool okay here we go it's gonna be another two years and there's gonna be a lot of stuff changing up here for for iron maiden yeah first of all this is fear of the dark we're gonna say goodbye to martin rig not martin riggs martin birch no 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 yeah but who Derek riggs martin riggs is from lethal weapon <laughs> Derek riggs does not do the cover for this album right this is by Melvin Grant, and but it's right in line. It's with it's one of my favorite album covers of theirs. Other than I don't like how the logo is just separate from the artwork yes. on the side. Uh, yeah, I agree. It like, kind of seems like an afterthought. Yeah. It kind of seems like they were like, oh, well, we should just put the logo. Yeah, but the the picture itself the is great. It's kind of like Eddie coming out of a tree, yeah. like a tree goblin demon. I love the fear of the dark font at the bottom. It's a great title. Yeah, it's great. And this is this is right up there. This is one of my favorite albums. This is so much better than the previous album. Yeah, that I think and um and this is the first album that's co-produced with Martin Birch and Steve Harris. And the last and, to be produced by Martin Birch. Yeah, cuz he just retires. He retires. He just and then and as we go 
forward, moving forward, Steve Harris co-produces all the albums, yeah. which I think kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a uh, lineup stays intact with uh, Yannick Gares. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, I'm Dave Murray, up. Dickinson, Steve Harris, Nico McBrain, and then Michael Kenny is still on keyboards, mm-hmm. but not, not an official member. member. 12 songs, though. They, they finally go over their 8, 9, or 10, and they go with 12. But I got to say, it's 12 great songs. Long album, 57 minutes. What do you want to start us out with? Um, I got, I'm going to start right, right at the top with Be Quick or Be Dead. Crossover, that's what I had. Great song. Yeah. Dickinson and Yannick wrote that one. Um, Bruce also made a, he makes a solo album in 1990, which also is always not a good sign when your lead singer makes a solo album. So, but he is, he is here for, um, yeah. But uh, I think at this time, they also know that this is going to be it for him. Yeah. It's like he tells them, I think, are they? Yeah. Cause I think he told them, I think they said, in something they read where he just basically said like, Hey, I'll do one more album with you, but it's going to be my last. Like he gave them a heads up right. sort of thing. Like I'll do the album, I'll do the tour. Then I'm going to do my own stuff for, for a while. Yeah. So, so, uh, but it isn't, again, the quality, the quality stays high. They don't, um, it doesn't suffer. And again, I had be quicker, be dead. And I also have from here to eternity. Okay. I have that too. So that was what? A, that we was picked the same two songs? I actually brought a third because I love this album. All right. You can play that. She fell in love with this crazy machine. She leaned on the white which can't stop clean. She'd never seen the beast before. But she didn't want more. When she was walking on down the road, she heard a sound and made her heart explode. He whispered to her to get on the back. And what's your next one? Um, I mean, there are a lot I like on here. There's like Afraid to Shoot Strangers, Fear is the Key, Fear of the Dark, but I picked uh, another The song. This is The Fugitive.
Yeah. Okay, we're moving on. Here we go. This is what I call the dark ages. Now, uh, we had uh, someone <laughs> tweeted at us. Uh, Bill, forgive me. I'm going to butcher this name. Bill, Verone- Bill Veronicos. I think Bill so. Bill Veronicos. He says, do you guys cover the horrible Blaze Bailey era? Uh, I did not buy these albums. Joe Becht, former uh, co-host, co-host from the Listener Series, mm-hmm. he had these albums and he was... Uh, a couple people sent him, but he was the first, so that's why I'm saying his name. Uh, he sent these to me because I couldn't find them used. I thought I would be able to, like, yeah, piece, you would think that there'd cake. be a lot of these, but maybe, maybe people didn't buy them, or they're just like, no one's gonna want this. Yeah, or maybe the people that bought them love them. Uh, they're they are in North America now. They they moved to CMC International, and you know we've talked about how their album cover artwork on those albums are terrible and. The thing, the thing with this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start by saying, I Blaze Bailey, I don't think is a horrible vocalist, but I don't think he's right for Iron Maiden. They didn't, you know, like we said, Bruce Dickinson's a step up from Paul Diano. Yeah, but Blaze Bailey is he's, about he's twelve not, steps down because yeah, he's, he's not a step up from. He's from not Bruce a, Dickinson. He's, he doesn't have the vocal range as Bruce Dickinson. So I wonder what he would be like in concert singing those other songs. Yeah. He's um, he's a hired gun. He's like uh, Tim Ripper Owens or any of these people that are singing for bands. And he sounds like he sounds like if you just went to karaoke and saw anyone singing an Iron Maiden yeah. song, that's kind of how he sounds. But musically, the albums still are great. Well, it's and still the same people are song. The same songwriters are involved, and the and the songs, like lyrically, are good. It's just the vocals are not there. Yeah. So I think, and that definitely knocks them down a few pegs. I feel like I feel like to if they had to replace Bruce Dickinson, like what do I want to say? If you if YouTube and stuff would have been a big thing back then, I think they would have. Maybe I guess it was though. I guess the internet was around. I just feel like they could have looked a little harder, maybe, and found a better replacement. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is ninety five. Yeah. They just didn't. Yeah. It's it's the nineties now, so music's changed. You yeah, know. and maybe they thought he'd bring kind of that grunge maybe. style a little bit, but I don't. I don't I, this album's uh, produced with uh, Steve Harris and Nigel Green. It's a long album, seventy minutes. Yeah, a long album. Uh, it's a long commitment for a new singer. It really is. And it's you know it starts with an eleven minute song. It's a yeah, which is song. not a There's great an way. Eight to... minute song. Uh, the album cover, though, I like. You know what i I would like it better it's if it was just, animated instead of. It's just a little too busy. It kind of looks like. What do I want to say? It really looks like a shitty like PlayStation one villain for like a, yeah, I get like that. a resident evil or something. Mm-hmm. It just, it looks like it would be in an arcade machine, like at the beginning of a game. It's just, I don't like it. I actually like that back cover. The alternate cover is like the reverse side of it, which is it's like an X. Yeah. It's like a big X cause it's their 10th album and kind of yeah. Eddie in an electric chair, but far away. I actually really like that cover better i like the title the x factor you know for it being your 10th yeah album. i mean yeah it's all good but wonder what the wonder what the tours were like if anyone out there saw them on a blaze bailey tour i mean i don't know if they came to the states with blaze bailey it seems like they went from stadiums to clubs probably is the feel that i get i don't know if yeah. that's true um 
let's uh let's do it let's um let's play and this is i'm gonna play let me go first this is what uh kyle hildreth says he says the x factor he put man on the edge ugh these next two albums if you have to pick one at least this one is quick so let's hear man on the edge four minutes and 12 seconds like musically right there sounds great I mean, it's just, He's imagine not, Bruce Dickinson. It almost sounds like it was written for Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. And this guy just came in because it's. But actually, Blaze Bailey co-wrote this. I know. Yeah, it, so. It's weird. It, it doesn't have that, you know, when he's holding that note, Dickinson would make that go into a really high yeah. register. He just kind of holds. It's. It sounds like he's flat. Like, I don't yeah, have a good ear, but. Yeah. He's flat. That's a good way to. Uh, but if you took the best songs off this album and Dickinson sang them, you would love them, I think. Yeah, you'd have a really, really good outline. What's your song? What do you uh, got? This I have is uh, Lord of the Flies, which is the, the second song, with, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I don't mind this song. I like that bass. Yep. It's not produced well, though. No. It sounds like garbage. Yeah. Like, his voice doesn't sound bad on this song. I mean, it's 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 fine, but it's not it's not Iron Man, especially coming off the heels of Fear of the Dark. Yeah, I mean, it's a big dip. It's a big yeah. dip. Uh, then it's uh, I have I, I have a, you know um, what do I want to say? My next song is Two AM, but we don't need to play it. Okay, let's, let's just I, I have a I have a stinkeroo. Oh, okay, let's do it. Hey, you! It's a single stinkeroo. Unbeliever. just sounds so generic like it sounds like a drunk person singing a song that doesn't karaoke. sound like n- n- oh like and it's just Nico's like, drum sound horrible it's it's that's a really bad that the production on that is garbage and that's eight minutes long 
Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that's a bad song. My apologies go out to a song called 2 AM, which I, I do think... It's, yeah, it's fine. I had song. that written down as yeah. one that was... And then in 96, they released a, a best of, and they included a new single called Virus. You want to just hear a little bit of that? I think it kicks in, though, pretty good. I like the cover artwork for yeah, this. it's pretty nice. That sounds like Maiden. Mm-hmm. The guitar. Yeah. And the production's a little better on that. All right. Yeah. And then um, and then in 98, we get the next full album with Blaze Bailey. It's called uh, Virtual 11. Do you like that title? I don't mind that title. Yeah, I don't mind that title. Um, and here's where they changed the Iron Maiden logo. Um some of the letters hang down, like the N and the M and the R, and now they just like slice them off. Yeah, so it's uh, everything's even yeah. with like the D and the I, you know. And, and it's, it's going to stay like that for a long time. Yeah, this album cover, I love the drawing of Eddie there. Yeah. I hate the rest of it. Like I don't like, there's that weird surreal kind of picture in the left corner mm-hmm. of like a, a kid like hooked up to a computer. It's so funny because this is the guy who did Fear of the Dark. I know. It's weird. It's like it's that 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 part in the side. And I don't like the virtual the virtual 11 logo. How's the power on the recording computer? Oh, plug that in. Um, but yeah, like I don't like the virtual 11 logo. It's just kind of generic. Yeah. This uh, this album's got uh, eight songs, but it's long. It's 53 minutes. You got a nine. You got, you got two nine-minute songs, one eight-minute song. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. what does it say here? It says, uh, Blaze Bailey is a competent but faceless vocalist. That's not bad. Um, I picked the song Future Real. Yeah, I picked this too. All right. I'm running out of my time. I'm running out of breath. And now it's getting to I can't sleep at night. In the day, feel like death. Yeah, I actually do like that song. Yeah, but the production still sucks. Yeah, and you can tell that they're burying his vocals behind a lot of the stuff to kind of hide it. So uh, I don't know if you have another song, but I'd like to do a thing and go back to back here and just, you can let this one play and then just click to the next version. Okay. So anyway, this is a, this song and, uh, and Kyle Hildreth says uh, for future real, he likes the Klansmen again, not great, but it is an entry in the maiden catalog of song titles that start with the, so what we're going to do is we're going to hear the Klansmen studio version. And then Kyle's going to, go right into the Klansman with Bruce Dickinson singing from 2002's Rock and Rio. Bruce Dickinson sings some of these Blaze Bailey yeah, songs. Yeah, cuz they are like we said they aren't bad they're songs. Not bad songs, but you're going to you're going to hear a difference. And remember, this is in the studio with Blaze, and then you're going to hear Dickinson live. And well, let's hear it. Klansman double shot. Is it right to believe in the need to be 
free It's a time when you die And without asking why Can't you see what they do They're grinding us down They're taking our land That belongs to the clan Not alone with a dream Just a want to be free With a need to belong Let's hear Bruce It's a right to believe And the need to be free like It's night a and day Yeah you see what they do They are grinding us down They are taking our land Belongs to the clan Not alone with a dream Just to want to be free With a need to belong I am a clan I mean, there's no... Yeah, listen to that. There's no, there's no comparison yeah. to Bruce Dickinson. I have another stinkeroo from this era. You want to follow Bruce Dickinson up with a stinkeroo? It's kind of fun. All right. Thanks, Kevin Quinn. Hey, that song's it's funny. It's funny every time. Yeah, I've got so much to give. Is the educated fool. It's just a generic. It's, it's generic. It's that's the that's the thing with these two albums is they're very generic. They don't do anything. But when you hear Dickinson sing some of these songs live, you 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 you, you hear what you, could have you been. You could you could pick probably five total from both of these. Mm-hmm. Throw in virus and have like a really nice album if yeah. Dickinson sang all of them. But what's great is Dickinson comes back in the year two thousand. He brings Adrian Smith back too, and they get rid of. Nigel Green, who produced the yeah. last two, co-produced the last two albums, and now they get this Kevin Shirley, who's yeah. there. He's their producer the now. Present. And Kevin Shirley him has and, produced him and Steve Harris. Kevin Shirley has produced Aerosmith, uh, the New Journey stuff, Black Star Riders, uh, Black Country Communion, and all the Maiden stuff since two thousand. Uh, he's based out of uh, out of Malibu, is where he lives. Uh, Kevin Caveman Shirley is his nickname. But what I like about this is when Dickinson comes back, Adrian Smith all wants, always, also wants to come back. But you know who doesn't get kicked out? Yannick. Yannick. They keep him too. Yeah. I love it. And they, they said in um, one of those documentaries that they kind of initially envisioned Iron Maiden as a three-guitar band. Three-guitar band. But then just like never had another person to come in. Or that they enjoyed or they liked. or so. Right. So and, I, they, and they get rid of this Michael Kenny. The keyboard guy. Yeah. He's done. Because Steve Harris just says, well, I can play those keyboards. Yeah. So now he does bass and keyboards. And we're, we, we get uh, 2000, we get Brave New World. I like this cover a lot. Yeah, I do. I like this. It's cool. It's really cool. Eddie's in the cloud. Storm, yeah. There's a storm coming. Yeah. I kind of like what that implies. Like, we're coming. Here we go. Yeah. And um, I like this album. I like Brave New World. I do too. I don't think it's... I don't think it's a strong Hey Bruce's Back album. Yes, I agree. I think there's some misses on here, mm-hmm. but I do overall enjoy it and like it way better than those other two. And but the, it's it's ten songs again, but it's it's long. We get six minutes, two six minutes, a seven, a nine, two nines, and eight. So some of the songs are long, but but you know 
Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't, uh, Kyle Hildreth wanted to hear The Wicker Man, and I love The Wicker Man, but I've played it many times on the show. Yeah. So I would like to start out with a song that they, that they still play in concert now. I want to hear Blood Brothers. It's a great tune. And Kevin Shirley, I don't think his production is as good as Martin Birch's, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds more like an Iron Maiden record. It's not, you can make out everything clearly. The other one sounded just so muddy and shitty. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like a thrash metal album. Like I'm trying to think like if I found, if I saw those for like for two 99 or three 99, do I buy them just to put them on the shelf? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, a few, there are a couple, like, I really like Future Real. I think that's a good, like, if I was making a yeah. best of mix, yeah. I'd probably throw yeah. that in. But I got them in, I got them in my iTunes, but three ninety nine's the top. That's yeah. the most I pay. Yeah. If I want to have these on my shelf. Mm-hmm. What's your first tune off of Brave um, New World? I picked uh, Ghost of the Navigator. I'm slapping my knees. That's oh, me that's, slapping good fun. That's great. I'm Bird. naked, by the way. <laughs> Hey, Blaze yeah. Bailey, take that vocal and shove it up your ass. Yeah, that's <laughs> and they still have the cutoff letters on this album. We don't get them back to the original until until the most recent album. Yeah. Uh, and I like the hang down letters more, but, um, you know, yeah. Maybe. And I like how this one is where um, where the, it's like uh, it's just kind of the outline of the, the logo and then you can see through it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I kind of think that's what I wish the um, what was the one I didn't? Oh, like uh, the seventh son of a seventh son. Yeah. I think if it had been like that, it would have looked a little better. I got you. So you could see through it. Yeah. Uh, my next song from Brave New World. I love the title, Brave New World. Yeah. Uh, I went with the Fallen Angel. If I'm playing Iron Maiden at home in the kitchen while I'm, you know, cooking or doing the dishes or whatever, 
whatever I'm doing. As soon as the anyone else in the house comes in, I just turn it off. <laughs> They're not going to like it. No, they don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. Doesn't mean it's not great. It just means I know I know my household. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh, Dad, turn but it down. But it's also one of those bands that, even though the lyrics, it's kind of a little bit like Alice Cooper, where even though the lyrics are creepy, you couldn't. There's really no reason you couldn't play this in the car. Oh yeah, yeah, with yeah, your yeah. kids because yeah. there aren't a lot of songs that have language. No, I don't. I don't. I think they only swear in, on the live albums when he says, uh, "You know, scream for me," or yeah. "I can't fucking hear you," or something. But yeah, there's no. It's yeah. None of them have a parental advisory sticker. No, no. Yeah, absolutely not. What's your next song? A brave new world. Uh, this is out of the silent planet, which is another one that just was stuck in my head for like for the last week. As you were sharpening your knives. <laughs> I just love that. That's like yeah. the end where they just keep saying it, but they keep changing up the instrumentals. It's great. Love it. So, uh, you know, Bruce came back. So I'm sure they toured the world. I, I'm sure this was a big time tour. Oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to see what the just tour. This is where the uh, Rock and Rio live album comes out of this tour. Yeah. That's a great live album, by the way. It's, called, it's just called the Brave New World Tour. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's why it's three, three years between albums yeah because they this is that's kind of like the huge this is this is why we call the current lineup yeah this is the current lineup because it's like still intact and it's um this is like a huge comeback i think it was just like let's just let's just go every place we can and be like bruce is back here's our new album all that and you know since bruce came back they recorded albums in 2000 2003 2006 2010 2015 Mm -hmm. it's 2018 now i bet we'll probably get a new album in 2019 yeah maybe maybe they could surprise us i don't know what they're doing but uh let's move to 2003 i know kyle you hate this album cover i think this album cover sucks this looks by the way brave new world good one to get signed yes great one this one's a mess oh and all the current members can sign brave new world too right everyone I love how Eddie looks on this cover. This Dance of Death, he looks like the Grim Reaper, has a big bloody sickle. But then it's like the Sims characters around him, but like in like a eyes wide shut masks and things, right. and there's a weird dog. And it's just the the CGI is so shitty looking. You know, it's it's, it's just not it's not great. Like this came out in two thousand three. And Shrek came out in 2001. So, like, if you look at these figures and then look at any person in Shrek, like, there's no, there's no reason it should look this shitty. And so many people should would have signed off saying that looks good. And the Dance of Death font isn't good either. Oh, it's terrible. It's some cursive free font that they downloaded. It, yeah, if it, it was just Eddie, if it was that background, 
and just Eddie with his hand out like that, that would be completely perfect. There's a, again, when you have a title of Dance of Death, there's a lot of ways you can go, and I wouldn't have thought that this was the way to go. Yeah. Also, I want to say, I, I, I don't know if we stressed enough, Iron Maiden, they're heavy metal. Yeah. This is a metal band. This isn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't think Deep Purple is a metal band. They're a blues-based rock band. And yeah. Van Halen's a rock band. Yeah, they're not... You know this I mean? is this is metal and have been metal. Yeah, Guns N' Roses isn't metal. No, I mean this is a metal band. This is heavy metal. Judas Priest is heavy metal. Yeah, even even now, I think some of the Aussie stuff wouldn't is more rock than metal. It, oh, definitely. And, it, same I with don't, the I, Black Sabbath. Yeah, it's um this, but this is without a doubt heavy metal. Always been heavy metal. Always going to be heavy metal. So Dance of Death. Uh, I stole the uh, I stole the thing of going first, uh, you going first. So you, I'm going to put it back to you. Go oh, ahead. okay. You got um, so this is uh, this is the third song. This is uh, Montsegur, or however you pronounce it. Montesegur. Montesegur. That's how I would say it. Okay. Oh, oh hold on. The other Kyle has this one. Uh, he has that in another song. Does he have the pronunciation? Nope. He says Montesegur throws its heavy gallop around, and then Passchendaele is another fun historical. Epic, complete with eagle scream. Those are the two he wants. I don't know. Do you have Passchendaele as one of yours? I do. I do have Passion. He has both of your songs. That's pretty... Play here, wait, both I, have, I, have a, I have a pronunciation here. Maybe we okay. can see. And then you can play both of yours back to back. Okay. Monsegur. Monsegur. I was close. Yeah. And I can't say any words. No. Okay, cool. So this is Monsegur and... Uh, and Passchendaele. Yeah. And uh, both of these are based on like weird old battles. Like one, this is from like the the Crusades, and then Passion. The, these the, the the members of Iron Maiden are history buffs. They just must read this. They just must read books all the time because a lot of them are based on books and just like oh hey like what if we were they're not they're not lunkheads. Yeah, Passchendaele's about uh, took place during the First World War. So uh, so let's listen to that. I think this album's a, for me. This album's a little stronger than Brave New World, only because I think I like a few more mm-hmm. uh, songs. But yeah, I think I like Brave New World better. This one's got eleven songs, sixty-seven minutes. And I brought this for the "Don't Judge an Album by Its Cover" episode. Oh, that's right, you did. Let's hear my two back to back. I went with the opening track, "Wildest Dream," and the third track, 
uh, No More Lies. Let's hear both of these. Now this uh, this proves that Iron Maiden can still bring it with a song that's under four minutes long. Yeah, because that's the opening track and it's three minutes and fifty two seconds, mm-hmm. and that's that's just great. I love it. Um, I wish they would kind of scale back how long the songs are a little bit in this yeah. later period, but mm-hmm. you know they're going to do what they want to do. But uh, the next song I picked is seven minutes and twenty one seconds. It's no more lies. Maybe I'll be back some other day To live again just who can say In what shape or form that I might be Just another chance for me A hurried time, no disgrace Instead of racing to conclusion Wishing all my life away No one can stop me now Time is up, it couldn't last But there's more things I'd like to do I'm coming back to try again Someday maybe I'll wait till then No more left I love you just get this nice vocal take from Bruce. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, this isn't going to be like this for the entire song, people. Strap yourself in. Here yeah. we come. All right. Moving the, on. The Rainmaker's great on this album. We didn't play that, but that's a great song, too. Yeah. So, yeah, this I like this album a lot, besides the cover. Okay, moving on. Uh, three more years we go to A Matter of Life and Death. Let's talk about the cover. I like it a lot. See, I find this very generic. I find if you, because there's really like Eddie's the, the, he's like on the tank. On the tank. But then he's also that guy. Oh, he's painted on the tank too. And he's that guy standing on the tank. But and if, that's because Eddie's leading the army. But I feel like you could kind of take, I th- think you could take the Iron Maiden logo off and put any band's logo on. It's just. ABBA? Well, I mean, any metal, but like if that was a Metallica, you know, it one just, direction, it seems it's like that. I'm ready. <laughs> it's like that, uh, like that one hot topic shirt that just looks, you know, they all look the same, the mm-hmm. same font. All, by all means, if anyone wants to remove Iron Maiden from this album cover and add funny uh, bands that would never have yeah. this album, please do. We love it. Yeah. Tweet those. It's, send them to me. I'll put them on Facebook. But it just, it's just very. It's just generic to me. I think there's a better way to go, especially with like a, like it's called a matter of life and death. A lot of the songs are about war. Like it just, I don't like the title Mm -hmm. with the, with the songs. Yeah. I just, it's, there's a better, you know, can I remove this power source? What are we at there? Yeah, you're good. What do you have on your computer? It's like 40. We're good. I'm at nine. So I need it. Um, Okay. Let me start then. Cool. I'm going to start. I'm going to start uh, Matter of Life and Death, again, produced by Kevin Shirley. Again, 
10 songs, but the albums are getting longer. This is 71 minutes, which, again, mm-hmm. I, I wish they would scale it back. But I'm going to uh, open with the, t- the, the opening tracks on these new albums are great. Yeah. This is four minutes and 17 seconds. This is Different World. This would be a better title for the album, I think. Maybe. <laughs> For me, this is them doing Green Day. Yeah. Turn it up a little bit. Yeah, can you hear Green Day in there? Yeah. Yeah, I can. It's a little punky. Yeah. This, um, this album had rave reviews all over the board. You know, and I don't... I find that a lot of the middle songs start to they do that thing where they kind of start to all sound the same and blend mm-hmm. together on and it was hard these, for on, me to be like on this song. album or all these recent albums uh i think this album kind of starts that pattern okay. for me yeah because this one um i did i did put a different world um and then i'm gonna go jump towards the end this is the second to last song. This is the Lord of Light. That was my other one. It's a double crossover. Yeah. So, but it almost feels like, or there's, a, is there only two good songs in this? But I, I think there's some strong stuff on here. Yeah, I need to give it another listen. But yeah, I listened to it a few times, and nothing. These were the two that jumped out at me. By the way, Lord of Light's a triple crossover because this is what Kyle Hildreth has. He says, Lord of Light, an underrated song with two distinct parts and the best guitar riff since the early 80s. So let's hear Lord of Light. Oh, that's it. That's over here. It's on my right ear. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... Now, just listen to this production compared to those Blaze Bailey albums. Yeah. It's ridiculous. This also, we have two The albums. We have The Pilgrim and The Legacy. Apparently, there's The Making of a Matter of Life and Death, 30-minute documentary. That's probably on YouTube. I'm going to have to watch that, see what their mindset was when they were recording this album. This is kind of where it starts. This one a little bit, but but definitely the next two albums are more, we talked about this the other day, but more prog rock. Yeah, they feel proggy, like some noodling and some stuff. Are we moving on to the final frontier? Yeah, I mean those were the. I love this album. This is this is great. Like to I me, really this love is the this first one. one. After since Bruce's return, this is like this is a great album. The cover is awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, it's 
it's so this is the final frontier it's the color the, the cover of this one's colorful like the 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 classic albums i remember this was because this was released in 2010 so it was four years it's really hard to find right now i i, I had a lot of trouble I finding think this people album. love it because i heard they released um was it the was it el dorado the first single or maybe the maybe the first track was the first single but anyway whatever the single they released I loved it, and uh, then I started, like, I immediately was like, oh, I have to get this. Yeah. that Like, that was, you know, and I listened to it a bunch in 2010, so I like this a lot. Now, that, um, Kyle Hildreth, he's, he's, he says on a muddy album, so he doesn't like this album. I don't know if we're playing this the song he picked, but he, it sounds like he doesn't like this one. But I, I, love I like it. this. I like this better than the most recent one, too. I, um, yeah, I think I do, too. Uh, so for me, uh, do you want to start or you want me to start? Um, you're, you're talking to go ahead. Uh, so I'm going to do track number four. This is coming home. like about as close as they come to a ballad yeah 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 i would think but i like that a lot it's cool and the the songs we get the alchemist and the talisman Mm -hmm. this had rave reviews like all over the board yeah this has like the other one you said had pretty great reviews this is like eights and tens yeah this is like nines yeah people love this and i think you know again it has it kind of has a a, a centered theme Um, like kind of space, you know, sort yeah. of like exploration type. Some cool videos that were made for this album. Yeah. You can check out on YouTube. Yeah. Um, the next song I'm going to play won the band a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance. I got to assume they didn't go to the Grammys. Probably didn't think they were going to win. Maybe. I mean, they seem... Yeah, I bet they were on tour. I bet they couldn't get there. Yeah. But this one is uh, track two, El Dorado. They didn't. They didn't show up they because didn't. they were on tour. Yeah, but um, if they weren't on tour, they would have been there. The the singles cover for this is great. 
the single it. cover. It looks like an old pulp comic. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. Good on these guys for the artwork, man. They they keep it going. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, what's your next song on this? Uh, my next song is does uh, I had two, but does uh, Kyle Hildreth have one of these? Does he have the Alchemist or the Talisman? No, he likes uh, when the wind blows. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kyle. All right, so I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play the Talisman. This is. Uh, I think this is. I mean, there's a Stephen King book named The Talisman, which is awesome. But. Now that was a co-write with uh, Peter Straub. Right? Yes, that's why it's good. All right. We're off now to seek all our fortunes to the land of our dreams. Great tune, yeah. Through these headphones, which we don't have to mention anymore, but the headphones are still strong. Yeah, we have new microphones coming. We're gonna have a new sponsorship deal. Yeah, we might have them before the live show. I hope so. Plug again if you're in town on Friday, March second at eight thirty. Come on down. You can play songs if you want. And the new microphones are gonna be from uh, the company's called Sure. Mm -hmm. You say that right? You say it. Sure. 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 They're the they're sending us four of their top-of-the-line microphones. So when we do the year-in-review episode, we'll obviously give Murray a shitty microphone because <laughs> we can't all have good ones. We're only getting four. But they told me that these are the same microphones that were used to record the album Thriller. So certainly we need those here. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely need those <laughs> to talk directly into. What I'm hoping is these mics will be ones where a lot of times people are in here, and even if I tell them a million times, they don't stay right on the microphone. Kyle and I always do. Yeah. But I think these are going to be, I think, I think they call it unidirectional. I think they're going to be picking up a lot more of the sound. Yeah. Hopefully no echo, but a lot of, uh, everyone's voice. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. We'll be talking about that. We'll be promoting those, uh, microphones for 16 weeks. I offered 24 and they said, no, 16 is fine. 24 seems like something shitty that Bose would want you to do. <laughs> so, um, they also offered headphones, but I didn't take them because yeah, we were happy with our headphones. Yeah. Should have taken them then. I could have sold, sold them and maybe given away a pair. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> oh, well. Um, also, remember this: uh, the day after this episode drops, go to our Patreon page. And if you're $2, if you're $2 tiering up, you can win one of these Bruce Dickinson books. I've got four of the books. And uh, I love, there's... Uh, he was born in 1958. Who else was? My dad. He's your dad's age. Mm-hmm. Would your dad like this episode at all? No. Nothing about it. I think he would be terrified if he looked at an Iron Maiden album I cover. think he would too. He'd be like, oh, oh that's kind of creepy. I don't like that. Don't even show that to me. Kind of makes uh, me sick. 
<laughs> so the first, yeah, the first, uh, yeah, the first chapter is called "Born in '58." There's a chapter called "If You Want School, You Got It," and school is spelled S K O O L. Yeah. It's a really fun book. And then my chapter, yeah. "Fuck Cancer," because he had dealt with cancer. This is a great book. And and it was kind of uh, it was kind of remarkable because he, you know, the, when during his cancer battle, the band didn't replace him. Mm-mm. No, they just said, you know, hey, you know, get better and. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's the stuff he describes when he had this tongue cancer was, I guess you lose all, uh, all the coating on your tongue. So everything that goes in your mouth is super painful. And like the only way he could sleep is to take like a whole roll of paper towels and like dunk them in, um, what's that? Chloroseptic. Chloroseptic. And then just like wad that up and like shove it in the back of his throat. And he said he could get like maybe three or four hours sleep that way until it wore off. It sounds horrific. Yeah, and he and he he basically says, you know, like I just because that I re, I remember when that news came out, and it was after he already had it for a while, yeah. and he he was really thin and gaunt. Yes. from all the chemotherapy, and there I think there was a while where they kind of thought he wasn't going to make it. Yeah, but you know he he got through it, and he's singing. He still sounds great, as we'll yeah. hear on this new album. Oh, well, you have one more song. One more song. But, you know, since we're talking about this real quick, uh, today of this record is February 4th. It's World Cancer Day. And um, I posted, uh, I tweeted and posted a picture of my mother-in-law, Sadell, because we lost her Mm -hmm. to pancreatic cancer about a year and a half ago. So, you know, just uh, keeping people aware. And um, that's what's up. So Sadell would also have hated this uh, this episode. My dad had cancer, too. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Prostate. Yep. Or as our Nana would say, prostrate. Yep. Prostrate cancer. Yeah, but he's been cancer-free since almost almost 10 years now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, like eight and a half, nine years. So. So yeah. get, uh, you know, this is going to sound like we're joking around. Get 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 checked, people. Yeah, I mean. It's I'm laughing. Just, Why am I laughing? Yeah. We all of a sudden, we went into a public service announcement. No, but, but it's, it's important to, you know, yeah. be healthy, especially, you know, after... 35, 40. I mean, it can kind of hit you at any time. Yeah, so. when you get to be my age, it's over. <laughs> but I still rock. I'm still rocking. I yeah. asked my daughter, Reedy, yesterday, you know, am I the rockin'est dad at the school? She said, not after you said that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> she goes, no, she said I was. I go, does any other dad rock? She said, All the no. other dads are lame. They have their cell phones fucking clipped to their lame. belt. Oh, fucking lame fanny packs. <laughs> Let's hear uh, a song that's eight minutes and 28 seconds. This is The Man Who Would Be King. Just to keep with uh, the discussion of the day, uh, Final Frontier, not a good album to get autographed. Not a good one. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some glimpses in I there. Kinda, but if, 
if the whole band's going to sign, a couple of those if guys. If you are were just getting screwed. Bruce Dickinson or just Steve Harris, I think there's like that one space <laughs> right, in between, right, the, right in the middle, which would be cool. Yeah. But it, it's a shame because some of the coolest album covers are the worst ones to get signed. The worst ones to get signed, yeah. Like Brave New World's great, but I think I think this next album cover is the perfect one to get signed. If you have, an, if you have a silver pen, silver pen, because it's just a, it's just kind of like a, almost like a witch doctor mm-hmm. Eddie. Yep. On it, and I love it, and I love the Book of Souls font, font, and yep. they dropping those letters down again, which is perfect. Yep. You got me the live album for Christmas. Yes. The companion that goes with this. Um, this album is their first double album, but yet it only has 11 songs. It's 92 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of music on here. It is. It's, I think it's a little bit much. Yeah. Especially because there's an 18 minute song. This is the longest song since Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. You blow it out of the water by like five <laughs> minutes. Um, this album got major accolades. Uh, Classic Rock Magazine said it was they're number one uh, of the 50 best albums of 2015. Um, Kerrang! said this was their number two album of 2015. Uh, Loudwire gave it the number one out rock, best metal album of 2015. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. people love this album. They really did. And um, I like it, but I don't love it. Like, I love Final Frontier. Yeah, yeah. And I like this album. But the songs you like, the songs you like on here, you love them. Yes. With any maiden, if, if if the songs that are great are tens, mm-hmm. which they should be, um, I think just the length bogs me down a little bit, but I do like it. But yeah, it's a, it's it's a commitment to get through. I guess it is. It is. Um, and I will say that you know, we've been saying that you know they're longer songs. You know, it keeps you going through, but the eighteen minute one, maybe psychologically, because I know it's eighteen minutes yeah. going in. But it just, it does drag a little for There's me. some yes songs that are like 20 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. And it's just, it's a, you know, you put that on in the car and you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to this for. I'm going to listen to this to and from work. There's <laughs> long songs like that might be if you, if you can really put the headphones on and just lie down and just totally immerse yourself in that experience of a, of an yeah. 18 plus song. But I'm usually, most of the time when I'm listening to music, it's when I'm doing something yeah. else. And an 18-minute song is not going to be in your treadmill tune. No. That eats up too much time. I need some variation. Unless you're like, I'm going to run for exactly 18 minutes, for 18 minutes, minutes in one and second. It. Yep, and that's it. Um, or if you're like running a 5K and you're like, I'd like to do this in 18 minutes and one second. So <laughs> when the song's over, I should be crossing the finish yeah. line. Um, I'll go first, I guess. I don't know okay. why. That's I, fine. I, I'm going to. Let me see. My uh, Okay, this song was written. This song is written for Robin Williams. It's called yeah, Tears of a Clown. I had this one too. And it's a... Uh, it's a really, really good song. And when you know that it's written about Robin Williams and depression and his suicide, and it doesn't like, doesn't like hit you over the head, yeah. you know, with, with its message. But it's very... It's, it's odd that a band like Iron Maiden would write a song about Robin Williams, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem... Yeah, like out of the realm of possibility, and it's weird. Like uh, immediately, I thought, "Oh, the guys from Iron Maiden were Robin Williams fans." But you know, when you're on the tour bus and you're watching movies and stuff, you know, and sure, they, they, sure they are. And I kind of think Robin Williams was one of those people, maybe a little bit like David Bowie too, that was, you know, kind of everyone was a fan. Yeah. So I got to meet him. 
Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a thrill. I wish I would have got a picture. I didn't, um, uh, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't, he was just kind of hanging out with everyone and treating everyone the same. You know, everyone was mm -hmm. a comedian. We were in the green room of Cobb's comedy club and it was just, uh, it was really surreal. Like I turned around and there was Robin Williams and he was just, just, he was just so nice. So this song is tears of a clown. I just love the cloud remains, which is the cloud of depression. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they reference like Pagliacci and all, all yeah. kinds of stuff. So it's, you know, they're not dummies. No, I'm not a depressed person. Are you a depressed person? Yeah. You, you have depression? Yeah. What gets you down? Just depends. It's just day to day. You know, it's, uh, for me, it feels, uh, it feels like um, just being bored, mm -hmm. but nothing will satisfy that bored. You know, it's like, then, I don't want to want to watch a movie. I don't want to play video games. I don't want to read it. It's like, I don't want to do anything. So then what do you do? Usually I'm pretty good at forcing myself to do something mm -hmm. or like if I can complete, like if I have a list of things to do, it seems overwhelming. If I can kind of just complete one task yeah. then that usually makes me feel a little bit better motivated like I, I kind of try and force myself to go outside, even yeah, if it's just go idea. to the store. Get some sun, get some fresh air. Yeah, usually that helps, but yeah. You know, you know what else helps? Eat a whole box of donuts. <laughs> I don't think that helps. Yeah, I think so. Eat a whole 12. <laughs> I don't think now, so. Now, this, is this isn't suicidal things. No, 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 no. It's just, uh, you know, it's light. It's the light touch of depression. Fortunately, I don't have. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's not fun. Full-blown dep? Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I'm just not, uh, you know, yeah, there's stuff uh, There's stuff in life, there's stuff in the world, there's stuff everywhere. Music is really, you know, is uh, really makes me feel great. So I love listening to music. Yeah. And uh, I love going to the, the gym. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, there's days when I'm like, Jesus Christ, I need a fucking job, people. And, you know, and you're like, uh, you know, you can spin out of control. But I, I try not to. I never let it spin out of control. Yeah. There's so, much, so many good things that I see around me, so. That's good. good. Yeah. Oh, good. What song do you have? Um, well, I had that one, but after I also we brought it down. Have, we brought it down. Yeah, we're cancer talk, depression talk. <laughs> yeah. Real talk. Real talk. Thank you. Real talk. Uh, Coming up, serial talk. <laughs> I, last night at this, uh, we went to this, did I already say that we, I forget if I talked about yeah. this off air. We've been talking now for four hours. This, um, this party we went to last night, they had this gigantic pantry 
uh, and and I went in their pantry because they said we could go anywhere we wanted to. So I went in the pantry and I uh, and hid. Uh, no, I pissed on some <laughs> of that food. No, um, they had all different cereals and they had uh, Captain Crunch. Uh, all berries. Oops, all berries. Oops, all berries. And we were just laughing and we're like, oh, someone at the factory got fired for this. <laughs> um, there's a really funny, someone photoshopped an image that says, <laughs> Captain Crunch, oops, all tarantula eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, what's your song? This is Speed Cereal of Light. Cereal Talk. <laughs> Speed of Light. That, that's the other one I picked. Is it? Yeah. Another time, another place. A hollow universe in space. I took a trip to see the sights. I will be blacker than the night. One way ticket, no returns. My shooting stuff I just looked up the set list from when I saw them at the forum. Mm-hmm. They played there two nights, but I think they played the set list the same night, and I can't remember which night I was there. But this was back in April of 2016. And uh, at the time, I did not know all these songs, but it didn't matter because I lo- the mix was so perfect, and I loved the songs. Even the ones I didn't know, I, was, I loved them. Mm-hmm. So they opened the show with Over the PA, Doctor, Doctor by UFO Plays. Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm into it. They can't. They opened with "If Eternity Should Fail," then into "Speed of Light," "Children of the Damned," "Tears of a Clown," "The Black and the Red," "The Trooper," "Power Slave," "Death or Glory," "The Book of Souls," "Hallowed Be Thy Name," "Fear of the Dark," "Iron Maiden," and then the encore was "Number of the Beast," "Blood Brothers," and "Wasted Years." That's a great. That's a great set list. And then they closed out over the PA was always look on the bright side of life by Monty Python. Now, when you look at that set list, you can name a bunch of songs they did not sing. You know what I mean? They didn't sing. You know, can I play with madness? They didn't sing a lot of songs, but still, that was a great set list. And they and they did favor the new album, which is, but they the songs were so good and they were such a great tight band. Yeah, and you you said too when you went, you didn't know a lot of the new newer stuff. I didn't know any of it. And uh, you had a great time. I had a great time. I didn't because a lot of times when you don't know the new songs, you're just like, "Fuck!" But they any of these they rock. They put on a show. They do. In in one of those documentaries, they're talking about when they had a giant Eddie. I think it was from, I think it's in, uh, I think it was from the Power Slave tour, where like they had like a it was a it was like Eddie's, it was like the Eddie face, like the Sphinx sarcophagus face. And then it blew off at one point and a mummy Eddie came out and they had two giant yeah. mummy arms. And they said that the drummer was, he was playing and the arms kept hitting him, him in the, the head. head and he's like yelling in the back. He's like, move Eddie up, <laughs> move, move him, him up, up, move him up. <laughs> oh, all right. Look real quick. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. We're at rock solid show. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle is at Kyle Dotson funny. I want to thank Harper Collins and Libby Collins for sending me these four books that we're going to give away uh, at the time of your listening tomorrow. And um, that's it. 
live event here March 2nd. You can see how we do it right here in the room and uh, the room where it happens. Yeah. Hopefully you have some, some more mics. Yeah. And there is plenty of seating. So don't, don't think if you see oh, on no. the thing we, where we it's get like 30 people in here easily. Yeah. If you see well, we it, more than that, I mean, I don't think we're going to have that many people, but we can, we can fit comfortably. And if you, and people. if it's like, Oh, I can't be right here at eight 30, just come when you think. I would, I would assume that we're going to be here f- till 1130. Easily. Yeah. I mean, ju- yeah. Just, so come by. It doesn't matter if you walk in late, you're not going to interrupt. It's because we're be just going to go, Oh, someone's here. What's your name? Okay. Take a seat. Thanks for ruining it. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, yeah. So don't feel, and yeah, it's, it's open to everyone. So yeah, anyone yeah. can come. It doesn't yeah. matter. And and if you come for an hour and then you want to, you got to leave, you can leave. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's real. We're, it's real low key. It's real easy. We'll have some, you know, we'll have some drinks here. I don't think we can have alcohol. I think I don't think I can give people alcohol. If you want to bring a six pack, you can bring it. I'll, yeah. have, I'll have waters and some soda and some, some pizza, some chips, some candy. Yeah. We'll have stuff. Um, all right. That's it. Thank you for rocking hard with us for how long? How long is the episode? This is almost three hours. Is it really? Yeah. You know what? I kind of thought it was going to be. Well, they have 16 albums. They have 16 albums and we played about four songs from each one. Yeah. Average. And fucking Hildreth. I'm going to have to cut all that bullshit out. <laughs> Maybe that'll bring us down a couple minutes. Um, Jamie Whitlock, thanks for the artwork. Okay. Let's close with, and it includes the intro. This is an iconic song. Yeah. This is the number of the beast. Thank you. To you, O earth and sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. I left alone My mind was blank I needed time to think To get the memories from my mind What did I see? Can I believe That what I saw that night Was real and not just fantasy Just what I saw Brings me to this place